0: and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium and Gail. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time. We back at it. Three and one. Chance to be four and one, fellas. How y'all feeling?
1: Good. I mean, it was a good weekend. Um, not, the, uh, not the game we wanted to see, probably, but definitely the result that you wanted to see. Uh, had a nice little relaxing weekend. Told Silk, can't go on a bender every weekend. Uh, you got to rest and rejuvenate the body so that when those times come, you're ready and, and ready to go.
0: Already. How was your weekend, Nick? Oh, you sure? kind of
2: sick sick all week. Welcome back. Um, bro. Thank you. Welcome back from the dead. Yeah. Got uh, the flu, COVID, whatever it was. Monday took me out like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, felt good by the weekend. Uh, feel good now. Um, but still, still testing positive. Don't tell Whatever airline I'm flying to Lexington on Friday,
0: gotta mm. yeah, get you a mask, bro. Bring them back.
2: Well, well Nick, I hope by Friday you're
1: <laughs> testing negative and staying positive.
0: We gotta bring mask back, bro, from Nick. Nick and his um uh, his soft immune system, bro. You down like every other week, fam.
2: <laughs> this, is my, I think, this is my third time getting COVID. Wow, yeah,
0: bro, you like zero and three on the trail
2: right now, dog. It's rough. <laughs> But I traveled all 2020, like for that season, for the COVID season, traveled that entire year flying. Nothing. Nothing. Mm. And then ever since they were like, hey, by the way, pandemic's over.
3: Just catch <laughs> it. <Nick. Yeah,
1: laughs> <let's> just catch <laughs> it. Pandemic's been over for everybody but Nick. But
2: Nick. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> Nick just started. How was y'all Sunday, man? Y'all vibed out a little bit. We're going to talk Saturday in, in the football yeah, yeah, game here yeah. in a minute, but how was y'all Sunday?
1: Well, Silk, you are watching quite possibly the greatest NFL team of all time in the Miami Dolphins putting up a 70 burger for the first mm. time since the 60s go. i believe in the NFL mm. that happened and uh, i can mean, just talk about actually a, showed a, mercy could have yeah, could have scored I was gonna say again. talk about a merciful showing uh by uh, by the Miami Dolphins who had the opportunity to tie the all-time potentially even beat the all-time scoring record and Mike McDaniel uh just uh, an incredible dude just says you know what we're gonna put them out of their misery and, and take a knee here. But if you didn't watch the Dolphins play in the greatest show on turf yesterday, then you are truly missing out on what's right, going to be a historic season, I believe. Let's be, let's,
0: be, let's be professional and talk about college football. This is not a pro show, you know. You
1: don't want to talk about the fullback, the fullback return,
2: watch.
0: that fullback running the ball back on us, bro. That I, I had to, I had to enjoy my, my my dinner and my time with my family after that, Brad, because I, I felt like we was coming back. Uh, we bring it to a one-possession game after being down 17-0. Uh, T-Law do his thing, drive us down the field, and then a fullback catch a random ball. And, and it looked like we like, cared to even try to tackle him or something, bro. It was the slowest kickoff return in NFL history. Y'all made history. We made history, too. That was the slowest kickoff return in NFL history, I promise.
1: What the Bucs see yesterday? The Bucs play tonight. They play the Eagles on Monday night. night Football.
2: I think there is – I saw Trevor Sykema tweet it yesterday. There's like a, a law. All three NFL football teams in the state of Florida cannot be good in the same season, same day, same week. Can't Mm-mm. do it.
1: No. But uh, but hopefully, you know, you guys will continue to, to shift your focus to what's happening down in Miami Dolphins. Uh, like I said, my, my we're looking at historic – season ahead of us we're we're three
0: it's week three relax Um,
1: yeah well you have to start with week one then week two then week three and i'm not going to say that they might be the greatest team of all time um but they could be the greatest team of all time
0: i like that not
1: um, so, uh, well, let's get on to the show. We'll talk a little bit about Saturday here in a second. Uh, but before we do that, we want to announce a special collaboration that we are doing, uh, with our friends at the Gator Nation football podcast tomorrow in Gainesville. We will be at the social at Midtown at around three o'clock tomorrow. Uh, if you're in Gainesville, you have some time. We'll probably be there for a few hours. I would imagine come swing by, come say hello. We're going to talk some ball with those guys. Uh, do a little uh, just hanging out together, just just two Florida podcasts, getting together, talking about the Gators. So if you are in Gainesville tomorrow, uh, please swing by the social at Midtown. Like I said, we will be there around 3 o'clock tomorrow. Would love to see as many of you guys as possible.
0: Come hang out. We're hanging out a little bit. Uh, like Dennis said, we're moving through the city vlog style. we bringing my guy Lion out. Uh, we're going to shoot some things on 4K uh, episode episodic i think i said saying i'm saying it right
1: episodic yeah
0: episodic an episodic stadium Miguel at the same corner at the, at the actual same time we vibing out a little bit so if you're in the area i think velo is falling through and a few mm-hmm. other people that rock will is pretty heavy so hang out if not you'll see them in a couple days on on this youtube channel make sure y'all subscribe and all that
1: absolutely we know that, and we know that you guys love the uh florida gate our florida our, pardon me, the Gator Nation uh, football podcast as well. Uh, you know, we don't beef with other podcasts. There's a lot of lanes out there for all of us to, uh, to exist and coexist in. And we're excited to, to hang out with the guys uh, from the Gator Nation football podcast tomorrow. Again, at Midtown Social, uh, if you can't make it, Uh, We will be putting it out uh, a few days later, vlog. So I want to appreciate uh, you guys watching and listening to that. We're excited about uh, what we're going to be doing there. So let's talk a little bit about Saturday's game against Charlotte. But before we do that, we do want to give a shout out to our friends over at the Gataverse. Go visit them, Gata, G-A-T-A-verse.io. They are selling the Trevor ETN. Cards right now that you uh, will allow you to get some discounts uh, when uh, Trevor Etienne uh, plays and does well for the University of Florida. Money goes directly into his pockets as well. Uh, The Gatorverse is supporting numerous NIL athletes all throughout. Uh, the University of Florida Athletic Department. So go support them. Go check them out, gatorverse.io. We are still working on a couple of giveaways of that Trevor ETN card as well. Uh, So stay tuned for that. Uh, But again, go visit gatorverse.io, the newest way to support the Florida Gator Athletic uh, Department. So again, gatorverse.io. Gentlemen. Gators get a win on Saturday against the Charlotte 49ers and what I would imagine is the most quintessential PE coach uh, that you can have coaching a Division I football program uh, in Biff Pogie, I believe is his name, Uh, but the Gators uh, do behind uh, a little smack that action from Trey Smack, his five field goals Gators Win 22-7. to Uh, Gentlemen, before we dive into the analytics and offense and defense and and everything else, uh, give us your thoughts of the game. Silk, we'll start with you, buddy.
0: Uh, Man, overall, ugly affair. Uh, Sloppy affair. Our defense came out to play some football. Um, Thank God. Austin Armstrong and those guys are putting up top five type numbers. Um, We kind of expected, and we spoke about it all offseason, that we thought that group was going to be probably the best unit and also get us some wins. Um, but offensive line, us having three guys out with the offensive line. I need these glasses, bro. So shout out, to, shout out to glasses, man. Harlem bringing more glasses. glasses. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One time for that. Now I can yeah. see you guys. Uh, but an, an ugly affair, offensive line w- was in shambles. We had three starters out, uh, two for suspension, one for uh injury, uh being held out. Uh our center, Kingsley, Ugakum was out. So, you know, it was a clunky affair. We didn't give ET in the ball a lot. Seemed like we were doing some uh load management with him with those seven carries. And I also think Montreal Johnson needed reps. He hasn't been himself this year. Um Not looking like the the Montreal that we saw last year. So I wasn't minding him getting uh, some extra reps in, in that type of game. Um, Would have liked to see Webb get some more and us uh, still try to run the ball. But Offensive line just couldn't get it going. The first drive we go down, I'm thinking, okay, we get 40 and put these boys to bed, but it just didn't happen. Uh, we only punted the ball one time, so we, we moved the ball effectively. But when we got in the red zone, it was just pooting out. Uh, we kept it vanilla. I uh, didn't see a whole lot of motions, didn't see a whole lot of you know, sexy plays. Shout out to Ricky Pierce, all making probably the catch of the decade, if not my mm-hmm. life. Um, so we did go vertical a few passes there. I think we had three or four passes over 20 yards. They were trying to get that going, uh, but just couldn't get it going. You know, um, would love to see our two deep be a lot better than what it is, but it's mm-hmm. just not. When I starting five, offensive linemen aren't on the field. is It's not a smooth process. Game one versus Utah, we was missing one guy, and it was just not what we've seen versus Tennessee. Uh but it's a young team, man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be some ups and downs. Still want to clean up some special team stuff. Still have guys. The numbers, like, somebody still can't count who's ever sending the game-changer numbers out there. Got to get that together. Um, so, a few things here and there that I just didn't like, you know, on um, watching the game. But my defense shows just a lot of, a lot of youth. Um, mm-hmm. TJ Seriously, Kelby Collins, um, mm-hmm. just all, all the way around the field. I think our starting safety should be Thornton and Jordan Castell, mm-hmm. um, just from what I'm seeing. You know, um, had some weird things happen with Kamara Wilson. We'll talk about that mm-hmm. a little later. Uh, he came out in, in the middle of the second quarter or something. But um, some weird stuff happened that night. But overall, I'm, I'm taking that game as a grain of salt, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want this team to get more consistent, but they're, they're very young, man. Mm-hmm. And when our offensive line, if we're not healthy, we're going to have some problems this year. That's that my biggest takeaway from this game is, we got to stay healthy in the offensive line or etienne. Um, he's very important, he's probably the most important piece in our offense.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, you had what the same starting five for the first two games, and then a different starting five against Tennessee, and then a mm-hmm. totally different one game four. That's a, a just you know, a position group where you need cohesion. Um, you need to play together and, and Florida just not have, hasn't been able to do that. one with Kingsley mm-hmm. and then and then with the right. suspensions. Um, I still think this team's like learning to win like as mm-hmm. a program and as a team, still learning to win. I thought there was a time in the Tennessee game where you could have like stepped on their throat and put it out, put it out of reach. And, and Billy said he went a little conservative. Um, and then you look at this. you have a big rivalry win. Some some team named Charlotte, who I think mm-hmm. has had a football team for ten years, and then Kentucky, who's had your number three of the last five years, the last two years in a row.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That easy, easy game to look over. I think it's still a program trying to win. When you look at mm-hmm. what the defense did that first quarter, uh, move the ball two hundred twenty-five total yards, held them to thirty. I was like you, I was like, all right, let's. I'm gonna be done writing by halftime. We just gotta sail it in. Um, I don't know that there. I don't know what my answer would be for for the red zone offense. Um, mm-hmm. it, it it wasn't his Billy's red zone offense wasn't good at UL, um, and then it, it's not great. This it was it was okay before this this game, and then when you go mm-hmm. for field goals once you get down in the red area, that's not going to help your uh, touchdown percentage. But I don't know that there's too much to take away from this. A little bit yeah. sloppy, um, but like I'll keep it. I'll keep it equal. I, I, I didn't take a lot away from the McNeese game and they looked great in the McNeese game. So just a, yeah. a little stub toe, if anything, but this seems three and one.
1: Right. I don't think a lot of people would have thought that, right? Um, Maybe we did, right? Or maybe we were hopeful of that. But I think a lot of people, when you look at the first four games of the year, almost everybody was projecting the Gators to be two and two at best. Right. Um. If you look at Stuart Mandel, he was anticipating the Florida Gators would have three wins, maybe all season, and zero in the SEC. Right. So, um, the first three-game win streak the Gators have had since 2020, which is kind of hard to believe, uh, but makes sense. Uh, didn't look great. I've seen mm-hmm. Florida in worse positions in games like this, and potentially even losing. Right. I remember a couple years ago against Samford when we had to put up about 70 points to their 54, whatever the, the final score was, right? So uh, while the score wasn't dominant, while you would have liked to see them score more in the red zone and be a little bit more dominant, the Gators scored, I, I believe, on every drive in the first half. Um, again, I think you saw at a trace smack that we finally have a kicker, hopefully. Um,
0: well, it went for 54. It, it could have been it went 70, Nick. He,
2: uh, we asked him like there. It. I wasn't there. I was I was home, but they asked him after the game. He said uh, his range, like he said, like anything inside of sixty. And I was like, yeah, I think you need to mm. believe in yourself, my guy.
1: Yeah, I believe mean, in yourself. I mean, but if anything, it, who's going took out of it? Like the Gators have to be more confident now in their kicking game than they were going into this game, right? So, so now that that changes and gives you guys some opportunities. You know, I know Billy Napier's a big, you know, fourth down guy, but you know now when you enter this sec play consistently through the end of the year, now you have the opportunity to, to hopefully get some points on the board and it's gotta be good for his confidence. Um, you know, there's still a lot of special teams, blunders, a couple of different plays where the Gators had 10 guys on the field, which I, I I don't understand. Uh, I am not a football coach. I don't know how all of the different packages that you have of players that go out there, but I would imagine that for most of the stuff, whether it's punt return, punt safe, kick, kick block, whatever it might be, or even field goal or, uh, P-P-A-T, I feel like there should be a consistent 11 um, and we, we can't seem to do that. So that's a big question mark. But other than that, you know, I thought Graham Mertz played okay. Um, obviously we didn't see a, a ton of Trevor Etienne uh, in this game. He was ranked as the Gators best uh, rusher in this game on his eight attempts for 48 yards. Um, we saw a little bit out of Andy Jean. Uh, we saw a little bit more out of the the freshmen. Silk. So, okay, I know uh, you mentioned Bryce Thornton earlier. Uh, I thought that he had a great game uh, as well. So you, you, it sucks. You hate to see it. Um, you know, not not winning. You know, forty to seven or whatever the score could have been. But you know, I don't. I don't want to think that the sky is falling just yet. Um, at least they looked like a decent football program and weren't constantly. The sky fell week
0: two. one, man. No. Yeah. It's a, it's a very young team. We're the youngest team I think in the SEC right now. You look at our two deep, bitches, freshmen and sophomores all over the field. Um and we got some some juniors here and there with Cam Jackson mm-hmm. and some other guys, but it's just loaded with a, a lot of young talent. Um and that's that's the biggest takeaway. It's like like everybody's saying we got we're learning how to win. Mm-hmm. You know, um I'm not going to take too much away from this game. Don't like looking ahead. Could be some look ahead stuff uh, not just from the players, but the staff as well. I don't think they brought it out. It just felt, the feel of the game, it felt like, yo, it, a practice vibe. Mm-hmm. Spring game vibe. It didn't feel like there was any urgency to put that team away. Uh, it felt like they came out there, let's just beat these guys with our basic offense. And you should be able to do that against the Charlotte 49er team. Like, mm-hmm. we're not making no excuses. They, like, we should be able to go out, push this team around with our second team. Like, the regular Gators that we grew up, that we all accustomed to watching. Yeah, but this team isn't that's that's not where we're at right now as a program mm-hmm. like let's be aware of the season that we walked into we walked into a season where we knew it was a rebuild and when you see a team full of young boys everywhere this is a full-fledged rebuild we're three and one in this rebuild we're better than what we thought we was in this rebuild I think last week versus Tennessee we got to see that first half what it looks like when it, when this when it's thriving. when these guys are hitting on all cylinders the defense is playing the offense is driving and possessing the ball controlling the clock. We got to see the blueprint of what this offense and this team's supposed to be. Then second half, he took the foot off the gas, defense kept playing well. And then, you know, we all once we see that potential, then it's like, all right, Billy, like we need to get more consistent with what mm-hmm. that first half that first half of Tennessee was. And then now we rolling in a very open SEC East, but we gotta be realistic with what we are as a program, bro. We we are in rebuilding phase. And I think we can still go get eight wins in, in a mm-hmm. rebuild
2: year and we talked about that all off seasons. Like if you look at the roster instead of the before Utah, look at the roster, the best players on this team. Sure. You've got like a, a Ricky Pearsall and, and, you know, uh, an Austin barber, who I, I think is having a little bit of a down year. Didn't have a great game last week. Um, the majority of the good, the best players on the team are guys that are either sophomores, freshmen that have been brought in by this staff. So I think the, entire off season we talked about it like hey going in this year you're going to be young you're going to take some lumps there's going to be growing pains billy said that there's going to be growing pains um and if growing pains is winning 22 to 7 like okay
1: yeah, at least it's a win, right? I mean, you look back at Sanford games, FAU games, right? Like at no point, Nick and I were talking uh, right before the show, before you got on Silk, at, at no point did I think that Florida was ever going to lose this game. Uh, sure, you would have liked to see more points, but, you know, Florida from a defensive perspective was was completely dominant. They allowed one score. Uh, Jalen Jones had a couple nice plays on that uh, on that drive, and, you know, Jalen Jones was a highly recruited player, out of, you know, out of high school, certainly didn't become the player that, you know, most four-stars become but you know it's it's going to happen every once in a while with especially a young team but outside of that you know shut them out in the second half obviously you want to see more points on offense there's still a lot of opportunity to improve in the red zone and um, being able to, to kind of step on their throat or, or to put the game away to feel more comfortable but you know at no point was I ever concerned that Florida was going to lose this game which is something that a few years ago Florida very well could have lost that game or certainly could have been a lot closer in the second half. Austin Armstrong
2: is a problem. Like, I don't know how long he'll be at Florida. Like, uh, that's an interesting thing because, like, he's only 30. So, like, when would he get a head coaching opportunity? But, like, this guy can call some defensive ball plays. Um, Mm -hmm. This defense has been fun to watch. And and like we just said, we're watching Kelby Collins do it. Shamar James is a sophomore. Jakeem Jackson's getting in. Castell. um, He's making – Putting young guys in positions to to make plays early in their career.
0: Yeah, and they they're handling it well, right? It's a lot of maturity with these freshmen that they're bringing in. They're doing a good job of identifying the right recruits and getting them in for this this turnaround. What do you, what do you what, what do you guys do think about the um uh Trevor Etienne's uh, so-called load, load management? Um, you know his he ran for twenty two, he had twenty two carries Tennessee week, um, one hundred and seventy two rushing career day. Come back this week. He has eight carries, uh, which seemed to be some some load management from my perspective. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I think I'm on the same page with you there. Um, not that, like he was injured or anything, but like Thor dinged up. Hey, let's uh, let Montreal. And also, I think I think Montreal's in his head a little bit. Like he hasn't had one of those big runs where he goes off or hasn't had a big game. And I think he's like pressing a little bit. And, and it was an opportunity to say, Trevor, you're a little banged up. Get you some rest, see if we can get Montrell going, get him back in a good headspace, and, ha- and see if he can have a good game. Um, I would be shocked if you're gonna if you see that kind of split this week in Kentucky or the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't that bad, right? I'm tr- Montrell Johnson only played nine more snaps than Trevor Etienne. Um you had double the amount of rushes. But it's not like Trevor Etienne sat the bench either, right? He still had 48 yards, had that long of, of 17. Um, you know, as, as much as you want to see it, you you ran the ball 30 times. Graham Mertz had four of those. Andy Gene had one. And Treyon Webb had one, right? So, you know, of, you know, the 24, you know, you split it two-thirds for Montreal, one-third for ETN. You flip it from the week before, and Trevor ETN obviously got the bulk of the plays. You know, Silk, I think you maybe mentioned it a little bit. We haven't seen what we thought we might see out of Montreal this year. Uh, I think Trevor ETN's a little bit better than Montreal Johnson about creating holes for himself or finding that gaps. So where Montreal Johnson's a little bit better when the when the gap is already there and, and powering through and, and making, making that move, Trevor ETN is a little bit more shifty than Montreal Johnson. So maybe that's why we've seen, you know, Trevor ETN get the ball a little bit more this year. And certainly he's carried the ball and toted the box, the, the ball really well this year. Um, I'm not super upset. Uh, I think if Trevor ETN had one carry like Trayon Webb, then I think that there's a reason to, to be concerned or to, to have questions, but you know, Florida obviously didn't need to do a ton to score a lot of points in this game. Um, you know, maybe Trevor Etienne gets the Gators, maybe another touchdown. Uh, but I, I don't think that there's anything wrong in trying to build the confidence of, you know, you're, you're starting running back and a guy, you know, that was a third team uh, all SEC uh, member preseason, right? And trying to get that confidence and, and and showing you, hey, you can do this, right?
0: Yeah. And a little bit on what Nick was saying with Austin. You got something, Nick? Go ahead on load management. Go with my bad.
2: No, no. I was just trying to look up because I, I had a thought. Uh, I was trying to look up to see. How many like one yard, two yard, or or loss of yard carries he had? But it seems like he, and I don't know if it's him or the scheme or the line on a particular plays. He seems to get like hit in the backfield a lot. And I don't know that that's anything he's doing, but it seems like Montreal is like fighting for his life to get out of the backfield. And I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's his fault. Like his first run was for 11. And then his second run, I think he had to like break a tackle in the backfield to mm-hmm. get a one yard loss.
0: Well, it was Saturday it was just an ugly affair uh, yeah. with the offensive line. It, it just was not good blocking going on. Right. You know, it's terrible football going on in the trenches. Uh, yeah. Speak Mont- a little okay. Go ahead. I
1: was Are just going to say, Mont- Montrell Johnson's only averaging. I'm, I'm going to take out the McNeese game where it was 3.47 yards after contact, but right now he's averaging like a little bit more than 1.7 yards per attempt after contact, so that's – obviously not what you want to see in Florida's offensive line was obviously sat out or dinged up in this game. Um, You know, but we just haven't seen a ton out of Montrell Johnson. And and maybe this is an opportunity that when Florida does get, you know, back in SEC play, they'll go back and revert back to Trevor Etienne, who might be a little bit better at least this season, but you know the Gators, especially with only three running backs on this roster, need to, to try to instill that confidence, build that confidence, uh, figure out what, what's missing um to try to make it work with Montreal Johnson, you know, as they do inter SEC play. Like eight I said, weeks, man, eight I think, weeks,
2: seven SEC games. You need both of them. <laughs> you can't just be you, like and you need ETM
0: more than you, you need more ETM more than you need anybody in this offense right now. Mm-hmm. Like you if you look at the Tennessee game He got that going. You know what I'm saying? He's the most important player. Like our offensive line, they're they're doing good with that starting five. But if you look at his yards after contact, like we just look at Montrell, it's insane what he's getting out of contact. I think 120-something yards of that 172 last week was after contact. So he's very.
1: Montrell Johnson's 1.7 to Trevor Etienne's 4.18 yards after contact.
0: Right. I think the offense goes on, on, on his shoulders, and and for him to have, you know, you got it's a it's a long season, and, and if we don't have him versus Kentucky Saturday or any SEC game, it's going to be different without ET. So I wouldn't mind. I don't mind them doing some load management with him because he's like we got multiple backs, but clearly he's the the, the creme de la creme. We got to keep him healthy throughout the entire season for us to have, you know, a bowl winning season. I would say he's very right. important.
1: I mean, the game is very different if you're playing Kentucky or LSU and you lose the game and Montreal Johnson has double the amount of staps as, as Trevor Etienne does. Uh, but that's that's not the way that the game went. So I want everybody to kind of put their pitchforks down. I know Travis Etienne's treating free seven and everything else.
0: You need to worry about himself. Travis
1: needs to focus a little bit more on the Jaguars uh, season, okay. but Trevor Etienne's going to get the bulk of the carries, in my opinion, again. Uh, against Kentucky, and I, I think that we'll forget that this conversation had to happen. But
0: uh, speak a little bit more on Austin Armstrong. I don't. I, I like. I, I think he's going to be a hot commodity. But as a head coach, I think he's so far away from getting like a, that type of job. Um, I think he he's from that Saban lineage, that that Kirby Smart, all that lineage of being a DC waiting it waiting his turn. I think he sits around be top DC we'll probably render over a lot more money to keep him in a foe mm-hmm. over the years. But I, I foresee a guy like that jumping to another SEC offer, just like Muschamp, just like Kirby Smart. I play, I think that's the type of situation we are. And what a home run hire um, to get a, a guy that young. The energy mm-hmm. is, is contagious, a lot like Kirby Smart, a lot like Muschamp on the sidelines. Young guys want to play for him. Uh, we had some incredible visits this past weekend that, that we could talk about a little later as well. Wish that game was a little bit more exciting, but I don't know if it matters all that much. But now I think Austin Armstrong will be here a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I don't expect him to jump to no G5 offer or anything like that. It'll be, I think the play is vibe out until you get that SEC head coaching job or maybe some Big 12 ACC shit. But <laughs> G5, I don't foresee that happening.
2: Big twelve. I mean, shoot, but the way we're going, there's only really two conferences. There's the Big mm-hmm. Ten and the SEC. Right. And then you got some other like a new group of seven. And then the, and then the power two. The power it's team. a shame that
0: the Pac 12's falling apart because that shit look all right. It look, they, they're thriving out hey, there a little bit. Th- this well, is a great,
2: does. this is a great last song for the Pac 12. What do they have? Four? It is. <laughs> or in the top 10. They've got they've got some awesome quarterbacks. They do. Yeah. All throughout uh, that conference, um, I was I'm never high see. on Michael Penix, Pen- Pen- Penix, Penix, Penix? I, I
1: believe. You gotta yeah, be careful there, Nick. <laughs> Whoa.
2: I watched I watched, I watched a, a replay of Washington, like, Washington's <laughs> call. good,
1: Washington's very good, Washington's uh,
2: good, they're fun.
1: Oregon's good, Washington State's doing all right, Oregon State's doing all right, USC. I know that they had a uh, battle against Arizona State, but they're looking all right, so yeah, that, that Pac 12, uh, it's a good swan song for them. Yeah. Yeah. That
2: is making a comeback.
1: um, All right. Let's get into kind of position by position. Uh, Graham Mertz, how do you guys think that he did against Charlotte? I thought he was really good. Um, Yeah. I
2: I would like for him to not have to prove how tough he is every week. Yeah. Like he showed me week one, like, oh, dang, this guy's really tough. And then every week I'm like, yeah, no, you're still tough. Mm-hmm. Still tough. And then Charlotte. And then I'm like, why is he being peeled off the ground again? What's happening? Yeah. Um, he came out, came out super efficient. What did he start? Let me see. Eight of 8, mm-hmm. 13 of his first 14, 16 of his first 18. Um I, I don't know how much. Okay, so when we talk like the red zone, how much does how much latitude does he have to check to check or call or audible? Change plays? Mm-hmm. Like, is he? I see Florida like Running into stacked boxes or throwing into you know like a three man front, four man front, like like does he not have the ability? Because I think he's smart enough to read and assess and 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 figure things out pre snap. Um, but I thought Graham Mertz was good, man. He's been, he's been solid, solid yeah. all year.
1: 262 yards 11.4 yards per attempt 87 percent completion uh his highest ranked uh game ever uh, in his and they, career and they pushed the ball focus. a little bit more they did
2: they, they uh-huh. tried to you know they?
1: Yeah. yeah
2: sorry, sorry the really lines blocking like that though
1: gets a fumble was, was sacked three times uh drop i uh, got pressured nine times not what you want to see uh but uh but yeah, no. So, I mean, really solid performance.
0: Yeah, he's efficient, man. Uh, he's out McElroy. When you just want to a year like this, you want to be able to play defense and not turn the ball over. And he's doing a great job of just being a leader, not turning the ball over, uh, getting us in and out of bad plays. He's efficient, and yeah. and I think there's with his skill set, there's a lot more he can do. Um, I I don't think he's being held back by a weak arm or anything like that, he's a very capable guy. You can see the trace of what made him a blue chip quarterback coming out. You know, it's a lot of uh, it's some intangibles there. Um, I, I like what, I like what I've seen from him so far. We're gonna eventually we're gonna have to count on him to go get us a, a I think this season to go get us a win with two minute offense. And I want to see that out of him. You know, I want to see him take charge and, and go win us a game in some fashion. But right now, bro, Graham Mertz and shot to the staff. We're gonna talk about their incompetence in special teams. We gotta clean that stuff up. Just not getting any better. I'm glad we found the kicker, but um, their development of the quarterback position is, I, I'm I'm cool with it. I have no problem with what they're doing. The guy they brought in, everybody thought that he was done buns, and he's the most efficient quarterback. <laughs> Dunn Buns, write it down for show title. Dunn Buns. Um, th- Dun Buns. I think Dunn Buns. But if, if you look at it, he's the most efficient quarterback in the SEC right now. And we're not saying that he's uh, Tim Tebow or, Mm-mm. you know, Cam Newton or anything like that. But he's doing his job, and he's not the quarterback that we saw in Wisconsin, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, not the, the turning type, the ball over. How
2: many right. How many interceptions did he have in Wisconsin, Damn, It was like 20-something.
1: He had a total of 26 interceptions at Wisconsin. Has one this year uh in a in a ball that was partially maybe his fault but but not totally uh hit pierce off the hands there um you know i i think that he's he, there's still opportunities right i don't think that graham mertz is going to win the heisman trophy i don't think he's gonna be a candidate for the heisman trophy and there's going to be some plays that you say hey there's this guy running wide open or, or that guy wide open uh, sometimes you have to work through your progressions and you know being able to see the field is is elite right and there's 130 Division One quarterbacks. Very few of them will make it to the NFL, so none of them are going to be perfect. Um, so I, I think what you're seeing out of Graham Mertz is is been well above what anybody anticipated for him this year, and and I'm excited to see him watch. And you know, it's it's frustrating because I saw you know in the Arliss Boardingham touchdown. Uh, he, he was open. I think Andy Jean was open too. And it's just like, man, I wish we could have had, uh, some more of those opportunities for, for him in the red zone, uh, this game, but uh, it didn't look like the, the opportunities availed themselves for the Gators. But, uh, you know again another good game for for Graham Mertz and going 20 for 23 for 262 yards no matter who your opponent is, is is hard um so it was good to good to see him perform the way that that he did uh let's get in we, we talked about the the running game so let's get into uh, the wide receivers uh obviously the Ricky Pierce catch is a catch that's gonna go down uh, as one of the greatest catches of all time see, that and- is
2: nuts dudes running full speed. Has the presence of mind, the body control to go up, grab that, and then got hit by two dudes.
1: Yeah, and that held was, on to the ball. Yeah,
2: yeah, that was that that uh, just makes you feel good about watching it football. It's probably the refs ain't uh, check
0: his gloves. Like, hey man, let me let me see them, bro. Let me investigate the gloves. There's no way.
2: Yeah,
1: we, we were he, at a. Uh, he
2: did after the game. He did say a shout out to the training staff for the gloves.
1: Yeah, we were uh, we were talking. I was watching the game with uh, with a, for, at a friend's birthday, and uh, it reminded me of the little giants. I mean, the guy has the stickum on his hands and gets his, but uh, but that's what I would imagine. Ricky Pearsall had some invisible stickum on his hands, but uh, great game by Ricky Pearsall. Six catches on six attempts for 104 yards. Uh, and, again, the, one of the most beautiful catches that you'll ever see. Uh, Trevor Etienne gets 20 yards. Arliss Boardingham, 31. Uh, Andy Jean, uh, 32 yards. That, that goes along with his uh, – I, I think it was a 25-yard run earlier in the game. Khalil Jackson got a a good catch. to Quavion Frazier's – I think this is the first catch he's had all season. He goes for two. Caleb Douglas, four. Um, so Douglas
2: had a fumble, though, didn't he? Who? Caleb Douglas.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah, he had a fumble. Yeah, I mean, you catch the ball. I, I, I was done after that. I was like, "Yeah, let's this, this get out of here, healthy, man. This is crazy." <laughs> you, you, that was the last you, straw. Got, that was my last straw. It's like, and I like Caleb Douglas, but you gotta hold on to the ball, put it away. It's, it's t- put in a tough spot because he called it out like this, and those guys are reaching at, it and you're still trying to get the first down. So don't wanna don't wanna harp on it too much. But I was done as as, as for the night. It was like, all right, let's just get out of here, healthy. Every time one of my linemen went on it was. On the ground too long, or even Montreal. Sometimes it took them a long time to get up. Like, bro, just get up, please get up. So, um, I like Andy Gene. We gotta give him the ball more. Uh, seen more twitch out of him than I thought I would see. I know he's a good route runner and all that, but when he got the ball in his hand, the energy looked a, a, a little different. Um, and and on some of these routes, I know we want to go deep, and we keep saying that Mert needs to go deep, but some of these routes, these boys is not. Some of the guys that are in there aren't getting separation. So, you know, um, at that position, I know we're playing a lot of youth on defense. I want to see more youth at the wide receiver spot. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of Andy Mizell. Don't know what he's doing in practice. Mm-hmm. I just know these guys, you know, their skill set. Um, and from my opinion, if the, if the older guys can't separate, we're not getting I mean, shout out to Jake Clay. on Frazers. I'm glad he got some reps. But yeah. I want to see some of these young boys get more opportunities at wide receiver yeah. like they're getting on, on defense. So... Well, that's also that's my take be, from there. I, I like I like the shots we saw from small. Go ahead,
2: go ahead. That's the frustrating yeah. part about only w- winning twenty two seven. Like if you score in the red zone, you're up thirty points. Hey, Aiden's in, and, and you just start throwing guys in and giving guys an opportunity. Um, I, I think, I think, I think we were talking before the game, or maybe a couple of weeks ago. I was like, I, I want to see like a play action pass to Aiden Mizell to like start the Charlotte game. Just like let him go deep. Um, but also like when you're not taking Ricky Pierce out of the game when Trey Wilson's healthy, he's staying in the game, and then it's really just Caleb Douglas and and Khalil Jackson. It's like a like a little four-man rotation
3: there.
0: Shot of Khalil Jackson got some very strong hands, man. Uh, I, I like his game. I know he's a walk-on, and people oh, Florida shouldn't be playing a walk on receiver. The kid can play. Football players just play football. Khalil Jackson is a football player.
1: He has a pretty decent pedigree behind his name, too, right? I would imagine that Khalil Jackson had an opportunity to go play uh, at least at the FCS somewhere, maybe even a lower level FBS school. Obviously, his dad's, you know, Willie Jackson, Willie Jackson senior. So um, well, he's on scholarship now. Yeah. And he's on scholarship now, right? So uh, there's probably a little That's bit more to that. That's Silk over here just,
2: just ripping scholars away. But no, no,
0: no, That's, I'm saying to take originally he's a walk on, right? So he's not like these mm-hmm. are recruiting nerds on the timeline a lot. They want to, oh, we got so many. Florida should be playing five stars, all five. It's a standard, you know, everybody got the standard. But now, football players just play football. And Khalil's the guy that came on as a walk on earned a scholarship, but he's he's he could play. We've seen some great catches from him so far. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he got some strong hands, and, and like you guys said, the pedigree's there.
1: Uh, Nick, uh, we expect Eugene Wilson and Marcus Burke back for Kentucky. Or I don't know
2: about Marcus Burke. I don't know what's wrong with him, but I expect Will, Eugene Will back. Burke I expect, yeah, I expect, I expect Eugene back.
1: All right. Uh, Offensive line. Uh, Offensive line, obviously, you were not playing uh, the traditional offensive line. Uh, Austin Barber, Jake Slaughter, and Richie Leonard and Nijah Harris uh, played most of the offensive line snaps there. You saw a little bit of Lindell Hudson, uh, a bit of Damian George, uh, and Mark Pitts played one game. So that was your group. Obviously you're mixing Micah Mazuka, who was suspended by the sec uh, for the first half of the game. And then uh, Florida had an in-house punishment for his square up at the end against Tennessee uh, for the second half of the game. Uh, But uh, offensive line graded very Load management. Austin Uh, Austin Barber uh, ranked, I believe the lowest Uh, him and yeah, he ranked the lowest of the offensive linemen uh, in this game. Um, but are you guys taking a lot out of it other than, Hey, you've got your healthy five. And then after that, there's a, a deep drop off.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna judge him. Uh, especially Austin Barber. He's a starter, right? He's not, he's not one of those backup guys. So he, he, he's gotta come in and play better football. was definitely disappointed by his performance. Uh, Richie Leonard, he's been quiet, but he's been very consistent from week to week. I'm gonna get richie his flowers. I think he's having a good season. Um, other than that, man, our tackles had a rough night, dog. Like, they was getting beat like a drum. Um, you know, maybe these motions and a lot of our sets, we kept it vanilla. Uh, even if it's our backup offense, I want to keep harping on it. We should have played better than that. And I, I wanted those guys. Those snaps, snaps was valuable. It looks 22-7. We struggled. It was ugly affair, but those were very valuable snaps uh, for the season and also for just, like, the program. Like, you just, even if it's ugly, you got to get those guys reps, man.
2: I think we're seeing a little bit, too, the impact of Keontae Goodwin um, and, mm-hmm. and him having to leave to deal with his his mom, his family situation. Um, yeah, Like Florida, Lindo Hudson gets into a, a car accident, and he misses time mm-hmm. uh, in, in camp and then misses the first game. And then it, it's just been it, – it, it's tough. I I went into the season saying I, I thought I liked Florida's five and maybe liked six or seven guys, but didn't think there was a ton of depth. And then, for one reason or another, you've had to you've had to reach into that depth every single week, except for uh, Tennessee week. So, so you guys start right. getting these. You guys start getting every once in a while. You gotta start getting these five to to play together, like next to each other mm-hmm. from left to right, um, not mi- mix right. and matching. And yeah, yeah. And I wonder how much of. Kingsley being out was load management, or got a nice like shot of Toradol before Tennessee. Couldn't feel his ankle, and then mm-hmm. after the game, and the adrenaline wears off, you're like, "Hey, that that didn't make it better."
1: Was was he in a, a boot again? Yeah. Okay.
0: He's dealing with a high ankle sprain.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know those take take a long time. They're not comfortable, uh, and especially in that bent over position for. 65 snaps a game. That, that's a that's a lot of wear and tear. That if you're not fully healthy, uh, obviously you can play through it with with some shots and stuff like that. But if you don't need them. but obviously still leaves Florida with some huge question marks uh, in the backup offensive line, and and that's where I start to have some questions. I'm not uh, certainly starting to turn on anybody on the staff, but you have two offensive line coaches that if you know now their second season, um, there's not a lot of depth. The recruiting hasn't been probably what Florida needs to continuously be putting in great players to, to put themselves in the best position to build around. Uh, and, and so I, I do have some questions about what, what Florida's doing, uh, with the offensive line. Um, you know, if there were some younger guys getting some, some good opportunity and they're making mistakes, but, but Florida just doesn't seem like they're, they're ready to go. Uh, and they look, not great against Charlotte. And even if you get a, a healthy roster back for uh, the Kentucky game, if there is an injury um, or two on that offensive line, then then I think the Florida season takes an abrupt either halt or potential U turn uh, on what they're able to be. And, and I just don't know when it gets potentially better for Florida uh, unless they go and, get some talent out of the the transfer portal. And obviously nobody anticipated the loss of Keontae Goodwin entering uh, the season, but still I I have a lot of question marks about where Florida's at with the offensive line. Mm. I talked about that a
2: bunch, like during camp, because in camp, like you had Richie Leonard went down, you had like a bunch of guys just getting hurt. Now can cam Waits, who's starting to practice and do a little bit more, like when can he be available and, and what, Is he coming from an Achilles tear? But, like, Mm. that's a big depth piece, a guy that's played guard and tackle um, during his career.
1: But Um, but still has never – hasn't played much, right? I mean, didn't play, you know, at Louisiana. Uh, So, you know, even if you do get him back, and, and yes, he's a sizable guy and and they they like him and what he projects to be, but you still don't have projection there yet, right? Yeah, I I, I don't know. Again, I'm not – Trying to say anybody needs to, to, that there needs to be a change, there needs to to, to be firing. But what what Florida's at right now on the offensive line is just not where I think it should be if you have two guys dedicated to the position, both in recruiting and on the field. I
0: think, I think they're, um, it's rough, man. Once you start bringing in FIU guys, you kind of get the gist of. Oh, where you going with you? are rebuilding the trenches. Um, so it's a combination of both. You bring Michael mazzuka in, um, a guy that's uh, very solid coming from Baylor. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, like we haven't infused anything else, but like freshmen, you know, right. like it hasn't been a, a big transfer for a portal wave of offensive alignment, and it's different. No, they did. Can... They
2: did. They got Damian George, Keontae Goodwin, Hudson, and Mizzouka. They went and got four. Now one, one left, and. But, like, they, they at least got numbers.
0: But you got bodies. But you didn't. You, they didn't go out there. The yeah. only big name was Micah. You know, uh, Damian George was a backup guy. He, he didn't play at, 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 at Bama. He, was a, he
1: lost his spot on the game. bench.
0: Yeah, right. And then you get Goodwin. Another guy was just, you know, potential five-star on the recruiting trail. But he hadn't done anything at Kentucky. It was questioning his question is work ethic. So, you're infusing, like, the transfer portal, if you want to infuse, you know, a kickstart, you, you got to go out to like some big guys, and that that takes some NIL money. And it's also it's a lot of nuances to it. Are, are you in a rebuilding year, and do you go spend that type of money, or do you just bring in pieces that'll get you by the next year? And I think that's what we did this past offseason. We'll bring in, uh, of course, you got the one solid guy that that comes in and and and, and fills in for Osiris Torrance, which was our, our motor last year. So you bring in Michael Mazuka he fills in that spot. But the other spots was just, like, death pieces, and then you 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 work your thing out in the recruiting trail. So this offseason, I was saying all that to say this. This offseason, I think you're bringing back you, uh, a very good roster, very young roster, and, and our, our biggest hole right now is offensive line. Mm-hmm. It's going into the offseason, this is a little further down the road, but they got to be way more aggressive with offensive line, Porter, recruiting. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. You need two pieces out of there to be able to, you know, play. You know, and be SEC starters next year with the roster that we have because our roster is going to be set up pretty good. So I just think the right. approach got to be different with Reed. I'm not. I'm not mad at having two offensive line coaches. No, I do think we need an OC. All of that, um, but I just think the approach. It's it's a lot. It's a lot going to to it. Then, then just you know, these guys are not coaching well, recruiting well. There's a lot of nuances to how you you know. You, you inject the talent and, and get get our trenches back up to where they need to be. We did it on defensive line. We just have it on offensive mm-hmm. line. Some of those projections hit on defensive line, like Caleb Banks. Like, he mm-hmm. didn't start. We didn't know how good he was going to be until he got here. And he's like, oh, this kid could play a little bit. Um, so that one hit. But other than that, we'll see what it is on offense. Right now, and that's our biggest problem right now is just death. Mm-hmm. Starting fives out, we're in shambles.
1: Uh of the grades of this game, your best uh run blockers, Jake Slaughter, Richie Leonard, Damian George, Najee Harris, uh, and then pass blocking, uh, Jake Slaughter, Richie Leonard.
0: Richie man. <sighs> sorry.
1: You have, to, you have to work through a lot of tight ends here. Uh, Lyndall Hudson, uh, Najee Harris, and then Austin Barber. Again, I, I think one of Austin Barber's worst games, uh, according to PFF. Uh, they do allow two sacks, one quarterback hit, three hurries, uh, and six pressures uh, in the game itself. Um, so that's where the Gators sit on offense. Uh, obviously a game that, that uh, Florida probably and should have scored more points. Uh, but uh, but we're able to move the ball pretty efficiently. Any final thoughts before we move on to defense? This will be a lot more positive on the defense side of the ball, boys.
2: Boardingham getting in the end zone. I don't know what that little jig was, but he was feeling himself in the end zone. Good for him.
0: Um, I'll, I'll, I'll him at tight end. I won't see nobody else.
2: I think the biggest thing with him is just like, and this is not. This is an exaggeration, but it's like you have if he's in the when he's in the huddle, you have to like call the play and then tell him what route he's running or who he's blocking on the play. Like I just don't think he's there yet in mm-hmm. terms of like being there mentally. Like if he was a receiver and you could just tell him, like, hey, listen, this is your route and you don't have to worry about blocking or 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 anything like that. Um
0: We're we're in no hurry in that in that huddle, Nick. Like I don't see any
1: <laughs> you have plenty we, of time. We,
0: we can explain to everybody in the huddle what they got to do. Hey, you got to do this. Like we're taking our time with this. It's that's apparently there's no pace,
1: so that's true. All right, let's get to the defensive side of the ball. Before we do that, we want to give a shout out to our friends over at Fangotickets. Tickets. Um, go to Fango. That's f a n g o It It is a consumer customer first part of a consumer first application. Uh, there are no fees if you are buying tickets. Uh, it is a place that you can list your season tickets. Uh, for buy or sell on there. Uh, so again, go check out Fangotickets.com. Uh, they've sold a lot of tickets. We've, uh, we're super proud of what what we've been able to do, and, and thank you guys for for supporting Fango. Now they are looking for more tickets, so go put your tickets up there. Uh, you can block off the games that you're going to. Uh, for the Florida Gators, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, so you can list what you have available, and and the transaction is easy, easy and seamless. I think it's a three step process on the. Uh, on the purchasing side. So go check out fangotickets.com. Again, that's fangotickets.com. Like I said, the Gators give up just seven points on on defense, the highest ranked players in this game. And I'll do it for those that have played 10 or more snaps, even though Taraji Mitchell played eight and looked pretty good. Uh, Kelby Collins, Scooby Williams, Manny Nunnery, Caleb Banks uh, are your top five. there, your top four. Then Princely, TJ Searcy, uh, Shamar James, Jack Pyburn, and Devin Moore. Uh, Jordan Castell also has a good game uh, as well. So gentlemen, uh, again, another game where the Gators dominate on defense. Get six sacks, uh, six QB hits, 10 hurries. Uh, so uh, solid defensive performance. You guys, give me your thoughts.
0: So uh, I'm loving what I'm seeing from one man after week one you know a lot of criticism with the little ass stadium uh picture and all that uh they're throwing chips salsa, and everything else at, at Princeley. he's doing what he got to do to be productive uh he's affecting the, the defense on run plays pass plays so shout out to him just the entire defense man I'm just it's night and day you know we're not playing 30 yards back with our corners we're pressing shit we're like we're applying pressure. Like one thing Austin Armstrong is gonna do is make the we're gonna either get there or we're not gonna get there, but we're gonna damn sure try. You know, he's gonna send pressure, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna dial up pressure. Our defensive back is gonna be putting some 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 vulnerable situations and, and they've been living up to it. Uh, I like Jordan Castell a lot, man. Well, it, it don't matter, you know, where you put him at, um, if he's on the back end or if he's coming downhill to make tackles. Uh, he's a very good safety. The best safety we had as a true freshman, I would say, since Matt Elam. He um, had those like, type he had of odds
2: like two bad angles but like you you live with that because like he's playing at such a high level i think he still has the most snaps of anyone on defense you live right. with like hey he had a bad angle yeah you're still yeah no he ain't played he's 19 perfect 19 years old um yeah but he's been a stud i need to keep eating crow because i was like ready to write scooby williams off
0: mm-hmm. um, Scooby is limiting
2: He was like an edge rusher in high school, and then they moved him inside, and then he's like bounced back and forth from inside to edge. And I was like, this seems like a message. They're trying to like let you know, like, hey, you don't have a home. Get out of here. So I was ready to write him off. He's playing out of his mind. Like he's sensational. Him and Shamar next to each other. um, At at linebacker, they're both coming back next year. Like you look at this defense, um, and sure you've got, you know, I think Prince will want to leave after this year. Cam Jackson probably wants to leave after this year. Um you got a lot of dudes coming back, and mm-hmm. we're getting a yeah. lot of reps right now.
0: That linebacker room feels like everybody's balling. So when Manny Nunner gets in. Wingo mm-hmm. shows some some flashes this week as well with, with mm-hmm. just you know the they way get, he gets a punt block. He blocked the punt and also he, yeah. I think he broke up a pass, uh pass rushing one time. But look, that linebacker room is just like a bunch of guys. Miguel Mitchell is also coming, not no, not, not Taraji Mitchell is coming in and making some some Good plays as well at linebacker, so it's just like everybody's itching to make a play, you know, when they get in. Now, and, and I like that type the, the level of competition and the talent we got in that room. Uh, Miguel Mitchell got to learn how to tackle that touchdown we did give up mm-hmm. was, was, was because of him, and we we spoke about uh, his tackling in the offseason in and camp. We've seen some some highlights of him getting trucked here or there in some of our videos. You know, you're throwing shoulders at people, not even shoulders, you're just coming in, chest out. Not wrapping up, not taking guys to the ground, and that's what did give up the one touchdown. So um I'm with I'm with Thornton, man. I'm with a young a young wave of safeties. It's, mm-hmm. it's not ideal to have two freshmen back there, but if I got a guy that's not even showing the you know the willingness to to tackle and come up and smack somebody, I, I don't know what you're getting out of him at this point. Well, overall, Justin's I like the comment defense.
2: up there, Dan, because I think See, that it, that throw Justin Hatton his comment up. Um, oh yeah and because that's I a think big difference is, it, that's a huge difference like if your interior defensive line is staying in their gap controlling their guy uh and your linebackers can run free then they're freed up to make plays if if, if the defensive is getting moved if they're not getting uh holding their holding their gap holding their man like now you have a 320 pound <laughs> offensive guard smacking scooby in the face and mm-hmm. that's when you have you know, your safeties, trading and Rashad Torrance leading the team in tackles by a large margin last year. So I think you do have to. Everything is kind of like just everything's uh, strung together. If the defensive line not playing well, you're not going to have linebackers being able to run and play clean. Um, So, yeah, 100 percent agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: if you're listening, the comment from Justin Hatton is linebacker play is vastly improved because of interior defensive line makes all the difference. So great point there. And I do want to give Jay Bateman his flowers. Uh, He caught a lot of strays in year one. Um, they weren't strays. They were they, they were aimed, maybe they weren't strays. Maybe a few were uh but right now recruiting one of the best linebacker groups in the country uh and certainly this group is is vastly improved uh as well. But uh but point made and point uh well taken there Justin with uh, the defensive line. So uh again defensive uh defensive side of the ball does really well uh I'm willing to say that that Jalen Kimber and Devin Moore, uh, in my opinion, are your two best corners this season. Uh, you know, Jason Marshall, I think, has been okay. I thought that he played uh, all right in this game. Um, got a little got a little beat up against uh, against Tennessee there, but uh, I really, I, I think, since Jalen Kimber's cast came off last year and then into this year, that in my opinion, he's the best cornerback uh, that the Gators have. What are your guys' thoughts?
0: He's he's available. I, I like Devin Moore, but he's just not available like that. Uh, I think just for his skills and talent wise, I got Devin Moore as being the, the most talented. Okay. But you can't make the club in the tub. But um, all three are interchangeable. Uh, I, I feel I feel good with four guys. You know, even if Jakeem, I know he's been beat. You know, with a little push off here uh, in the Tennessee game. But I feel good about all four of my defensive backs. You um, know, Jason Marshall, of course, got to tighten some things up with with jamming people, but. I ain't nervous about him being out there. But Kimber, yeah, I, I've said it enough. I thought I thought highly of his skill set, and I think he's living up to it uh, so far this season. Big big week this week versus Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I need my defense to come in and shut some things out here on the road and set the tone, dog. But I have no complaints about my defense right now. It ain't perfect, but as young as they are flying around, man, like every time I see T.J. seriously and Kelby Collins just smashing stuff, I'm like, bro, these boys just got on yeah. campus. You know, like it feels like those yeah. Bama players that that come in and we watch Bama, like you're like that's a freshman and he's ready to play already. Now we're getting those guys that are ready to play the moment they 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 get on campus. You know, what I'm saying like body wise, physical wise, they they peaked out. You know, Jordan Castell, Grady Val, you know, mm-hmm. he wasn't no five star dude, but when you look at his skills and how he's playing, it's, it looks like we all like underrated him coming in as how important he would be even with bryce throwing dog just straight up football players some of the plays these guys are making are just instincts you know you can't you can't measure some of this stuff on uh at a camps or or even on some of their film you just you don't see it until you get in, in game and these guys are making it happen but overall some incredible evals on that defensive side of the ball
2: and in defense of Jakeem, he, I mean, he got beat a couple of times against Tennessee, but it's like you said with Armstrong's defense, like, listen, we are going yeah. we, we might not get there, but we're going to leave our guys <laughs> on an Island. Cause we're going to do our damnedest to try and get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, when you're, uh, when, when, when you're a cornerback, you got to have a short memory. Like you're not going to be a hundred percent like mm-hmm. Daryl Revis in his prime would get beat every once in a while. Like it happens. Yeah especially to uh, an 18-year-old kid in yeah. playing against a 23-year-old uh, Brew McCoy who's been in college for five years.
1: Um, so let's get into the defensive line. I think that that's a, a good way to to, to start. Uh, obviously, defensive line played, uh, I thought, well uh, against Kentucky. All right, pardon me, against Charlotte. Um it, what do you guys think um, – anybody that, that stood out to you? I know we, we've kind of touched on it, but anybody that that really stood out to you uh, in this game? I, you know, I know we talked about Caleb Banks. I thought that he did well, but uh, anybody that really stuck out to you guys? Uh, I think Kelby yeah. Collins. I don't
2: know if we're considering yeah. him a linebacker or a defensive end right now, um, but I thought he had a really good game.
0: Mm-hmm. I was just impressed by the rotation, uh, us being able to go like, – I've seen fresh bodies in the entire game, and, I, and last year seeing what we what we had to deal with with basically leaning on two guys all season, um, but being able to rotate Chris McClellan in, you know, uh, Desmond Watson, um, Caleb Banks, you just go body after body, and I'm watching the trenches. There's not a, not a lot of drop off, you know. Of course, Cam is probably the top dog in that room. There's going to be some drop off from him, but overall bro i haven't like the defensive line is very good Mm -hmm. you know i want to see us we got more sec play here but you know we'll be here all day if we try to give everybody flowers on the defensive Mm -hmm. line dog like i think they hoop i do want to see just some some more edge pressure uh i do think we're missing justin justice boom a little bit in that category Mm -hmm. um yeah as far as and also too I, i gotta see some moves out of my man uh 44. Bobby Boucher. forgetting his name right now. Okay, Pyberin. Yeah, Pyburn has got to get some moves. He's he's not a lot in his in his uh repertoire of you know uh, pass rush moves and inverse to run mm-hmm. as well. He's got some more development, developing to do. We'll see how it plays out throughout the season. But overall, outside of that, bro, missing Justice Boone, just a tad bit, just from the edge mm-hmm. rushing, getting to the passer standpoint. But solid group. Shout out to Coach Spencer. Great coaching going on in that room.
1: Absolutely, a lot of rotation at nose tackle. Jamari Lyons plays 14. Uh, Desmond Watson Lions. plays nine. Say who he
0: Yeah, he's hooping. Yeah, yeah, he's hooping.
1: And then uh, Cam Jackson plays 17 snaps there on the right end. A lot of rotation again. Uh, Kelby Collins gets 18. Jack Pyburn gets 16 snaps there. Cameron James gets six. Uh, Tyreek Sapp gets 16 snaps, a lot of rotation. The Gators had 23 players, uh, in this game play, uh, 13 or more snaps. Desmond Watson, uh, is the gap between 13 and then nine there. Uh, but, uh, but a lot of rotation there. Obviously we've mentioned the linebackers a little bit. We've mentioned corners. Uh, but as an overall defense, I think I mentioned this, um, in rush defense, top five players were Scooby Williams, uh, Taraja Mitchell, Manny Nunnery, Desmond Watson, and Princely. Uh from a tackling perspective, Jordan Castell, Scooby Williams, Manny Nunnery, Shamar James, and RJ Moten graded out as your best tacklers. And then in pass rush. Princely gets a 90.6, which is very, very high. Uh, than T.J. Circe, Caleb Banks, Jack Pyburn, and Kelby Collins uh, in that game. So, again, I don't think that we can give their defense enough flowers. They've, they've done everything that you've really asked them to do, and it is young guys that are making these huge uh, plays for the Gators on defense. So shout-out to Austin Armstrong uh, and the, uh, the defensive staff. I, I think that they're really starting to click on all cylinders. Uh, it has been mentioned that the Gators do have uh, – the number five overall defense right now behind Penn State Air Force, Michigan, and Ohio. Uh, So congratulations to them. Uh, They rank sixth in the country in number of plays allowed on defense as well. Uh, And then they are 30th right now, just barely. Uh, There's not much in in difference there, uh, but 30th in yards per play uh, with 4.66. So Again, the Gators have played two teams that were ranked in the top 15 uh, when they played. So a lot of the teams above them still have yet to get to the meat of the schedule. But I I think with the young defense that the Gators have with Austin Armstrong, I think that, that things are only going up and getting better from here, not seeing a ton of missed assignments obviously you wanted to see Miguel Mitchell make that tackle. Not a lot of missed tackles. I think there was four total uh, in this game. So, and again, with, with a mobile quarterback like Jalen Jones is um, they they can, they can beat you. It's just the the way that it works when you have that, that mobile quarterback and everything else. So being able to, to spy and make sure that he doesn't get a ton of yards. and, And obviously there was that, I think it was a 75 yard drive that they have for a touchdown. Other than that, that's going to happen when the team's young. But other than that, a uh, very solid defensive performance uh, overall. Uh, and then, Chris Sorley, I have to uh, shout this one out. Uh, Jaden Hill's done a great job this year. Um, yeah,
0: so, damn. I don't know.
1: That, that's Chris that said it, not me. Not yeah. Me. So, the season
0: um, is going as Jaden Hill's going so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Things, things you love to see. Uh, let's get in. I know that there's a couple of questions and we'll get into Kentucky. Uh, Part of we'll get into special teams and then we'll get into Kentucky uh, here, but we do want to give a Russell Swick. Ask, thanks for the super chat. Um, Billy appears to be really good in run game play calling. Do we have any former OCs on staff that could be a pass game coordinator? If we do, then maybe with creativity of titles, then the staff stays in place. I know Russ Calloway was an offense coordinator at Samford, uh, I believe. Uh, but uh, what do you what do you think the Gators should do there? Do you, you expect I, do this year, or just
2: literally? There's there's literally no chance. Yeah, in the he's middle not, of the season, he's, he's nothing not about to happen. Giving play calling duties to anybody, he's not firing a coach to then hire an offensive coordinator or give the I think he, I think that's about I,
0: I think you're gonna get an OC here, uh Nick.
2: Well it's not happening this season. And and every game, in the season no no not in every the season. game it's just I'm just yelled at for three hours that Billy needs an OC and I'm like okay I get it. Like table that until like November twenty sixth. Like when yeah the yeah okay. love yourself bro just, we're just we're just yelling at it and we're working ourselves up every Saturday uh, and then as the Saturdays stack up, it seems to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Now we're still talking about it. Yeah, yeah, excited yeah. Excited yeah, for yeah. a game. And then by yeah. the second quarter, we're worked back up into a frenzy again. So it could happen. It's not going to happen in the season. And we're just, no, no. We're just it's yelling up. hot air.
0: It is what it is. Um, we spoke about it. I just don't like doing content of just be re- regurgitating the same yeah. takes over and over every week, bro. Like. Um, that's for spaces. People want not do that on there. Then cool, like go yell and scream in there. But I, we we all uh, are in agree agreeance that we we would, we would like to see Billy get an OC. Uh, is it gonna happen mid season? Like Nick say, nah, it's not gonna happen. Um, so we just in wait and see more. During the off season, I think you reshift this this staff a little bit, and then you get a play caller in. And that's just my opinion. But right now, nah, in in season, this is what it is. And there's still a lot of growth in like in this. It's still plays that we're missing on. There's still execution that I don't care what you're calling. The O line ain't blocking. The O line just ain't blocking. Like if they can't block, you can't run a play. Um, uh, so the depth there is, is more of the issue, I think, even with the deep passes. Like there's been times where I thought you know, we had some chances to hit some deep stuff and then Graham Merce got sacked. Mm-hmm. So um while the offensive play calling is, you know there's some chemistry missing from it, some fill of the game missing from it, some creativity missing from it. Uh, It's still, we're missing some lack of execution that our players are missing as well. So we just vibe out, man. Let's get the eight wins and then we'll see what the OC position looks like, you know, if we make some changes there. Uh, Also special teams. I'm I'm not going to just gloss over that. I think there's a few changes we need to make staff-wise, but that ain't nothing we're going to make content about every single week, harping on things that can't change. What can change is execution, you know, mm-hmm. time management and all of that stuff. Guys so, on the field, you know. eleven guys on special teams. You know, uh, so playing Trace week, Mack from Go.
2: Both times this week, there were eleven guys on the field, and then the eleventh guy just ran off the field. Like Did you they,
0: check they his jersey 11. number. Was it? Was it two of the same no, numbers just, again? No. Just
2: decided. You see the USC guys? Did you see, down down USC really USC Did you see that video that
1: went around? There's a I guy like at the USC, USC guy that yeah. changes his jersey for special yeah. teams. I think he throws on a number forty-two.
2: So that's what they were supposed to do with, um, I think, I think Jamarcus Weston's been doing that. They announced it. He's like zero is now wearing 43 on special teams. I don't know why. Maybe Sharif Denson's on special teams too. Maybe it's Denson doing it. Denson
0: um, got a lot of, got a lot of reps this week. Shout out to zero did. getting in and getting mm-hmm. a lot of reps.
2: Um, That's what uh, Eugene Wilson, I was blanking on his name. That's what Eugene mm-hmm. Wilson was supposed to have at utah he was supposed to be putting on uh i think a 33 um but yeah that's, that's a normal practice people were like how do you do this i'm like oh i think it's just a bigger one like one size two size bigger jersey they you just on and off
1: yeah, just it's just cool to see. I mean, whenever I see something unique and different, I think, man, wouldn't that be cool if we could do something like that at Florida? And I guess we do. We just don't do it well. Um, let's get into special teams a little bit, and then we'll get into recruiting and then to the Kentucky game. Uh, we do want to shout out our friends over at Alumni Hall. Go visit them at alumnihall.com or on Archer Road in Gainesville right off of uh, 75 there. If you're looking for the coaches polos, if you're looking for black jerseys, if you're looking for Christmas gifts, if you're looking for any tailgating accessories, Alumni Hall is the place to go. Again, go visit them, alumnihall.com, or go visit them on Archer Road when you come to Gainesville next. No better place to get more Florida Gators apparel and accessories than Alumni Hall um, all right. So give Trey Smack his flowers, uh, goes five for five uh, and then goes for one five for five on field goals, goes one for one on PATs. Um Trey Smack um sat on the bench for a long time behind Adam Obviously He obviously had kickoff duties, uh, but uh but goes and gets a uh a, a touchdown or a, pardon me a, a point after attempt against uh Tennessee last week. It's a field goal against Tennessee, and then goes five for five. So uh, I think that this has cemented him as our our starting kicker for the year, huh? I
0: don't um, know yeah, what, what was going. Then, what was going on in practice? Because like what he, we see uh, in the game is night and day. So I'm trying to figure out how like it was a competition with Trey Smack. Was like the other kicker is kicking sixty yarders and, and then he fell off when the lights got big. Like what exactly happened with Trace Smack wasn't the guy because he's hitting fifty four. Down the middle, like it—it it, it don't look like it could look like he went from seventy down the middle. So I'm trying to figure out what was happening in practice, bro. That's my only takeaway from that because Trace Mack is very good at kicking. It seems.
1: Um,
2: he was hurt oh, like in that. 22, so I think that helped Mahalik um win the job in 22 because I think he Trace like well, wasn't even available. He started or played in the last seven games, but missed more than a month. I think with a groin injury. Um. When We talked to them before the season, they were like, Yeah, we're both like 90%. And I was like, I don't believe that. <laughs> I watched I watched you kick last year, and I don't believe it. Um, I, I, and I don't know, what... smack, shut
1: you up with 100%, yeah. Like,
2: I, I don't know, smack got
0: that leg, bro. I don't, don't, like, don't want
2: to be like mean or rude, but like Mahalik had the worst season since Austin Harden last year. Um, and then started this year poorly. And then Trace Matt comes in that first like PAT against Tennessee and nearly kicked the ball into the nosebleeds. And I was like, wait, what are we doing here? What what yeah. what are we actually doing here? Uh this and then every the kick he's had, thing. the ball just like is like shot off his foot. And, and yeah. they don't they don't look the same. Uh so I don't no. know what so that's a long it's a that long way to stay. I have no idea what they were watching in practice. That
0: that kick versus Tennessee when he kicked that knuckleball, it was like one of my son's Pop Warner field goal attempts, bro. It like oh, came literally. off. it never got off the ground. I was like, what the hell was that? Like, we're in trouble if that's our kicker. <laughs> we're in
2: trouble. We're
0: in trouble. And then you go to extra points saying, I'm like, bro, this is this does not look good. And then you get Trace Mack booming 54-yarders with ease, man. And they didn't hesitate to send him out there. So it's like they knew too. Like, no, nah, we got a kicker. Let's just, just stress Florida fans out a little bit first.
1: Uh, so uh, give Trey Smack his flowers. Gators still struggle in uh, special teams getting the right number of players on the field. And then, if anything, as a microcosm, in my opinion, of Gator special teams, you get a punt block that then rolls for uh,
0: 47 yards. 40,
1: I mean, just <laughs> a, just an incredible uh, turn of events for the game changer. Coach teams, can't.
0: But, Game change coach came by, Brady, bro.
1: Nah, he just, he just needs something. Yeah, Derek Ringo yeah. gets his fingers on the ball and the ball says, like, Yeah, and then it rolls 40 <laughs> yards. Like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> come come on. on, man. Oh, man. Well,
0: so,
2: We're calling them, they are the game change. Uh, don't give them that 11th letter until they can get 11 guys on the field. That's the game change group. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Um, so let's get into recruiting a little Tough bit. Brad. Then we'll get into Kentucky. I hope his uh, wife won't yeah, listen to
0: this show. That's what I mean, saying.
1: Nick, I saw, I saw the tweet. Um, you it's know, tweet. I think it works better in in words than. Uh, uh, written out than it does. Uh, so let's get in. Gators have uh, a couple of big guests uh, this past weekend. Uh, Charles Lester III, who was committed to FSU, is a five-star cornerback, uh, and uh, Jeremiah Smith, a five-star, number one player in the country, uh, and wide receiver were on campus. The Charles Lester uh, visit was uh, a bit of a surprise. Um to, to to the normal fans, I guess the Gator fans weren't surprised. The Gator staff wasn't surprised. Uh, but after that, he said that he's going to be taking an official visit uh, to the University of Florida, which is huge news. Uh, Venice, Florida, uh, stand out there. So uh, good interview with Keith Niebuhr If you want to go ahead and listen to that, boys. But uh, Jeremiah Smith, Charles Lester on campus uh, for Charlotte. Um, any thoughts on recruiting?
0: Good, good, good. As far as Charles Lester, like, like, man, these guys are not gonna leave a stone unturned. Um, mm-hmm. We got Xavier Filsami at, at, at the safety position, who I think is our. I think he's better than Charles Lester. But if you got both of those guys on the back end, now you're just cooking with, you know, with hot grease. Uh, he's a Florida State. He, he was perceived as a Florida State lock when he committed. Before he committed there, he committed mm-hmm. there, uh, and it would be an incredible flip. Is, he, he's a Florida State guy. Grew up a Florida State fan, yeah. but I like what I'm hearing. And he says he's going to come back for that official visit. Everybody's burnt their official. Oh, do We we don't have unlimited visits right now, do we? Is that next year or does that apply now?
1: Players can take unlimited officials. Yeah. Florida uh, has school, a – still school limited. has
2: still – Yeah, I, don't, I think it's
1: 30-something.
0: But still no, one no, per no, school, like, right?
1: It's like, it's like 75 – total that you're allowed official. to have for official visitors. I think it's 65-75, like somewhere in that range, uh, but players I believe can take uh, an unlimited number of official visits, uh, but just but he, one per school, correct?
0: One per school, so he's burnt his, the Florida State already in Georgia and Bama and all those guys. Mm-hmm. We, we're pretty pretty much the only program that still has an official visit on deck. He said he's going to re- return to a game as well. Um, what Probably one before FSU, if not Definitely, he'll be here for the FSU game. So you get him for two visits. Uh, if you look at Florida State secondary right now, it's just complete food. It's a buffet. Uh, they're not playing well. And, and if you're paying attention, you know, you look at the Florida defense, Austin Armstrong's very young. Uh, Corey Raymond is, is is one of the best defensive back coaches ever. So the sell is there. The fun defense is there. Uh, and I've seen some we, – we flipped Dante Fowler's in the past. We flipped yep. some guys that was absolute Florida State locks that – that nobody perceived as a possible flip. But if they're sneaking around like this and they're popping up at visits, bro, they're not coming here for funsies. Like the staff is recruiting, they're getting some things going. Uh, I'm not saying he's a for sure flip, but we we definitely got something cooking. We just got to keep winning football games, keep the mm-hmm. defense looking good. And Corey, if Corey Raymond could bring in uh, Charles Lester with Xavier Summy and then you still got Zay Mincy, and those guys still in the fold, man, I'm about to start
1: talking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh no i think that the schools can host 56 official 56 okay uh so they still obviously want to be um you know, careful with with how many that they have. But Charles Lester is obviously a guy, and one of the things that I do like, whether he comes to Florida or not, which I w- would never say on this podcast, that I, I think that he is right now. Uh, it's being able to continue to recruit and can continue to go after these guys. You know, we watched the last staff them give up on a lot of people uh, and continuing to recruit guys, even if they don't end up coming to your school to continue to give that effort, continue to fight. Uh, you know, until. So that signature is dry on that page. So uh, a couple of quotes that he gave Keith Niebuhr on three, I will be back. I don't know if I'll make it to uh, the, a game before FSU. I'm planning to be back before that game, but if not, I know for a fact that game, uh, and then I know I will be taking an official visit in December. And Silk, you mentioned it about Corey Raymond. Uh, Charles Lester told Keith, he's a great person. He's developed plenty of DBs and has sent all the top name guys to the NFL. I can't miss on that. I know some of the freshmen in high school and they played last year. So seeing the development and how far they've come along since they stepped on campus months ago, I just love. So uh, he will likely be here December 8th through the 10th. Uh, So again, a guy to look out for. And then Jeremiah Smith is also uh, on campus, uh, has flirted with Florida a lot, has flirted with a lot of the big three schools, uh, still committed to Ohio State. Um, a guy that you still bring on campus. I was having a uh, a conversation with some of my guys. How long do you keep recruiting a guy like Jeremiah Smith? And, and the answer is, you just keep recruiting him until uh, he doesn't come here anymore. He's just one of those can't miss prospects, and uh, if he wants to come, you still allow him the opportunity to come. So,
2: yeah, he has yeah an open open invitation to the cookout. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten the sense that he's like flipping though. To not just to Florida, but like anywhere, like he will.
0: I think he flips, bro. I'm gonna be honest with you at this point. Watching Ohio State play this year, uh, Ryan Day, I I don't don't know if I believe in Ohio, like their future and where they're going and their confidence in Ryan Day, any of that. And I think like the the players feel that as well. Um, he's just flirting way too hard and heavy.
2: He only loses to like playoff teams, like he lost to Michigan, I think, two years in a row. That's the only he ain't, law, that, so. he
0: ain't that guy though, man. Like you talking, like you leaving from. Listen, if you're if you're trying to pick fights to with earth. Lou Holtz, yeah,
2: like, who's who 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 was born, I think before World War II started.
1: like a Ryan very loaded like Notre Dame Homer, right? It's all your beefing Coach with said Notre, Day, Notre State Dame, Notre Dame
2: Homer, died. just going after my guy Lou, he who was, passionate who was about... in bed for four hours before yeah. Ryan Day said anything.
0: Lou Host don't even remember saying what he said. I promise you. <laughs> and you you're that angry. Like, I don't think Ryan Days, that guy, uh, you know, and that may not matter. I know Heartline is, is a hell of a recruiter. Um, but I, Jeremiah Smith is just fl- flirting hard, way harder than any of those mm-hmm. prior Ohio State, Florida receivers have. So I don't know if it's the Florida, but I do think he flipped. I don't think he sticks at this point. I don't think the flirtation is, is just for funsies. He's taking all these visits for a reason.
1: The Gators do have; uh, they had seven player or seven recruits on campus. Jeremiah Smith, Charles Lester, who we've mentioned, Miles Graham uh, commit, Jarek Gibson, uh, the Gainesville native uh, that it's committed to Texas. He was on campus. Amaris Williams, Nasir Johnson, really nice. both commits. And then DeAndre Robinson, who's a guy that committed to Texas. Uh, he's from Jones uh, High School there in Orlando. I know that there was a, a lot of discussion around his commitment time of whether he was going to come to Florida, uh, but he comes on to campus too. So uh, for a game against Charlotte, a game that these guys probably aren't looking to see how great the team does, offense, defense, whatever it might be, they're just looking to go and build relationships. And, uh, I mean, to have those seven guys on campus – it's not bad. Your worst player on campus was the 369th best player. So pretty good uh, Pretty good turnout for the Gators. We didn't, and- we didn't even
0: get it to Pickett. 2025 kid pulled up as well.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, right that was just, just the 2024 guys, yeah. yeah. For 2025, uh, Silk, you mentioned. Let me just load this real
0: quick. Back-to-back weeks for Pickett. He came to Tennessee week, enjoyed himself, you know, figured he'd come back for some more midtime
1: vibes. Don't blame him. Uh, Gators had five 2025 guys on campus. DJ Pickett, he's the number eight player overall in the country from Zephyr Hills uh, here right outside the Tampa Bay area. Dallas Wilson, who's committed to Oregon uh, from Tampa Bay Tech. Daryl Johnson, the 106th-ranked player, uh, 6'3", 205-pound. Uh, Max Buchanan, uh, interior offensive lineman uh, from Seminole, uh, high school in Sanford, Florida, and then Santoyo Isaac from Tampa Bay Tech. He probably rolled up here with uh, Dallas Wilson um, as well. But uh, again, you have four guys out of the five uh, that were top 300 players in the country, uh, and then Santoyo Isaac is the 356th best player in the country. So, of the uh, 12 visitors that you had on campus, your worst was the 350th best player uh, in the in their class. So, so not a bad yeah. week of recruiting for the gators uh let's get into kentucky one one, one more take one more
0: take about the recruiting uh i know like people saying, oh why would jeremiah smith want to play for this offense oh oh, we didn't blow this team out and we had all these recruits on campus uh more than anything these players are going to be looking at the playing time as well like they're they're seeing a bunch of freshmen run around on the field when you got those safeties that we had on those visits, DJ Pickett, you know, they're not—they're not concerned about other freshmen playing. They're like, "Yo, the best players are gonna play. It's gonna be an opportunity to rotation, are rotating as well, whether it's defensive line, uh, DBs. You're seeing them get the best players on the field and them get snaps at a very young age. And it's mm-hmm. also they're not out there getting barbecued. They're playing well, and that's what recruits are seeing. They don't look at it as fans, bro. It's it's a little bit different perspective for the recruits that are coming here. They're looking at, you know projecting themselves in the defense and seeing what's actually happening X and O wise.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's you're you're exactly right, Corey. They look at the game very, very different than the way that you and I do uh, as fans. So uh, with that, let's get into a bit of a Kentucky preview. Uh, Sorry, we don't have a writer this week. Uh, but before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Go visit them at homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code STADIUM and GALE at checkout. It'll get you 15% off of your order, about 20 20- different uh, logo shirt for the, uh, for the Florida Gators, as well as a starter uh, type jacket, as well as we get into some cooler weather here in the next couple of months. So again, go visit homefieldapparel.com promo code stadium and gale at checkout. And if you have a significant other a family member, maybe somebody you're going to buy Christmas presents for, they're up to about 80 or 90 different schools now. And I believe the last two schools that were just added, if you're a big fan, are Idaho and Idaho State. So uh, go check out homefieldapparel.com. John Wilcox, thanks for the Super Chat donation. This week is Kentucky. Put, um, put them in the dirt year. So thanks, John. Uh, it oh, is John's time got to the put-
2: shovel ready and everything.
1: He's got, he's got the shovel. shovel ready to go. Uh, if you are looking for a shirt that says, put them in the dirt, check no further than the stadium and Gale store Stadium gail.com slash shop. And uh, if you see that logo and you want that on a different article or, or type of apparel, please let us know. So thanks a lot, John. Uh, while you're here, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, turn the notifications on. Everything else while you're on YouTube, we appreciate you guys watching all 250 of you or so. So uh, Gators go against Kentucky, who is undefeated. They have beat the likes of Ball State 40-14. to mm. Eastern Kentucky 28 to 17. Mm. Akron 35 to 3. And then Vanderbilt 45 to 28. Uh they're gentlemen, in the they're in the bag. 4-0. Um mm-hmm. some players to watch out for. Obviously, Devin Leary, uh, the North Carolina State uh transfer quarterback uh is um is their starting quarterback, uh Tavion Robinson. Uh, Kamari Anderson. Nope. Sorry. Not him. Uh, Ray Davis. Uh, they're, uh, running back and, um, yeah, I mean, not a lot of production, uh, outside of those main guys. And then Barry and Brown, uh, is down there at, uh, at wide receiver, uh, as well. But, uh, gentlemen, uh, I'm sure you've done some, some deep analysis on, uh, on Kentucky, um, has thrown uh, Devin Leary nine touchdowns this season. 1,063 yards, five interceptions. Five.
2: I think he's thrown an interception every game. Through two last week, yep. he's had. He's had his receivers have dropped some balls, um, but they protect him. Like they don't. They don't. I think they're second or third in the SEC in terms of sacks given up. Um, it's kind of like your typical Kentucky team. Like they're they're big on both offensive and defensive line. Um, I really like what's his uh Ray is his last name. You just said it too, Dan. Ray um, Davis. Uh um, really yep. like Ray Davis as a running right. back. Um I, I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a tough game for Florida. Like I just uh Kentucky, Mark Stoops, this is not your grandfather's Kentucky. I caught you I caught a little bit of the roll up last night, Silk Hurt. Heard you say that it's not your grandfather's Kentucky anymore. It's um,
0: not, not bro. It's a yeah. real SEC fight.
2: Yeah. Um, I watched Mark Stoops and that coaching staff out class and out coach Dan Mullen on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, watched him do it last week or last year to Billy and that staff. Um, mm-hmm. interested to see what Austin Armstrong does. Now, talking to uh Clark Brooks a little bit last night, he says. Kentucky's defense, you know, we've talked a lot about like Graham Mertz and that short passing game, and and I said on our message board at uh, Gators Online, I was like, listen, unless you're Steph Curry, if they're giving you the lane and giving you layups, you don't need to pull up for three. Just keep mm-hmm. taking your layups. Um, and Florida's kind of dinked and dunked and taking those layups, those easier plays, and um, Kentucky kind of like likes to keep everything in front of them. So it'll be interesting to see how Florida's offensive line holds up because I do like to make. Uh, blitz from different places um but but i think if if you're gonna let graham mertz just throw six seven yard slants outs and screens to trey wilson then florida could have some success but Mm -hmm. how does that offensive line hold up because this is a a kentucky team that will try to pressure Graham Mertz in, in sacking.
1: Yeah, the Kentucky defense is solid. We'll get into them in, in a minute. Some some names, again, to look out for, uh, for Kentucky. Tavion Robinson leads their team with 283 yards. Barry and Brown, 214 yards. Dane Key uh, and then Ray Davis um, are their top four. Uh, don't seem to use their tight end a ton, uh, but still they have Jordan Dingle uh, and Braden Bates. Uh, with a couple catches this uh, this season as well, so you're definitely going to uh, have some Shamar James and Scooby Williams there, likely on uh, some coverage there. The tight ends uh, as well. Um, Kentucky's best player by far is Tavian Robinson when it comes to receiving. Uh, pro Football Focus has not been very solid on Kentucky uh, as an offense this season. Uh, but right now he's catching uh, about seventy-five percent of the passes that get thrown his way, averaging seventeen point seven yards. Barry Browns averaging fourteen, and Dane Keys averaging fifteen yards per catch. So uh, they're going deep, and they're they're getting you know quite a few uh, yards after reception uh, as well. Um, Tavion Robinson's averaging almost nine yards uh yards after reception. Uh Baron Brown's four. Uh Dane Key is five. And then Ray Davis, the running back, is averaging almost 17 yards a carry or 17 yards a, um after he uh catches the ball. So uh, again, the Kentucky defense or pardon me, Kentucky offense is gonna rely heavily uh on uh, Devin Leary to to throw in in, in try to make those Florida DBs, especially the young ones, uh, work for it. Uh, Ray Davis, the running back, 311 yards, five touchdowns, one fumble. Uh, Devin Leary has two fumbles on this season. Uh, Ray Davis, I believe, transferred from Vanderbilt, if I remember correctly, and then Jutan McLean uh, is the other guy uh, at running back, and he's had 114 yards on 6.3 yards uh, this season. Kentucky, four fumbles this season, five interceptions, Gators
0: have to cause a turnover on defenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you're on the roast. Turnovers are going to be key. Devin Leary has shown that he, he, he'll he give us one. Um, secondary play, you know, we're going to apply a lot of pressure. I think I think turnovers are going to be there. Uh, it's just going to come down to our offensive line play, uh, us winning this football game. Bottom line, ETN having a big game, controlling the clock, time of possession. And letting this defense do what it do but and also just striking first uh, mm-hmm. we've been counter punching pretty good this year um we didn't strike first uh the Tennessee game uh so just getting out early getting that crowd out of the game I'm glad it's at noon and not seven yeah that should be it'd it be rocking at night out there when we whenever we play them. we're at Super Bowl so they're they gonna they gonna come out the crowd is gonna be what it's gonna be uh let's take the crowd out of it early get the run game going play some defense. Um, it's a, it's a super winnable game. I think they're favorite right now um, by two points, yeah. Uh, but all comes down to our offensive line play, in my mind. If we if we protect Graham Merch, uh, don't turn over the ball, play our basic what we're supposed to do, we win this game. I don't think we got to hit a lot of home run shots as far as like the ball traveling far. We got some explosive plays. Trey Wilson's back, that's going to be huge and major key to this offense. Uh, I want I want them to start the game off like they did last last week versus Tennessee. Uh, getting the ball, finding a, a way to get Trey Wilson the ball, just getting the ball in his hands, stressing Stoops and those guys out because they 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 are a very good defensive unit and they're coached very well on that side of the ball. Um, so I want us to, to to just apply some pressure in that way, going sideways, and that that's going to loosen up the middle middle of the field for ETN yeah. mm-hmm. to be able to get off. Um, so that, to me, that's the key of the game. Uh, getting versatile with with, with with Trey Wilson to loosen up the middle of that offense, let ETN do it, do his thing. And Graham Murphy is going to be, you know, turnover free football, uh, take care of it. That's what we need. McElroy vibes and let mm-hmm. the playmakers do what they do. Um, more boarding him, more playmakers, getting the ball to the playmakers' hands. But all comes down to the offensive line for me.
2: Play clean. Show mm-hmm. me that you learned from what you did at Utah. Um, you're the margin for error just like with the way that the team is with the way the roster is right now is just too small to have six, seven false starts on the road um, and and overcome that. So I think everything you said, Trey Wilson um, that like jet sweep, all that motion stuff, some of it's just window dressing, but he's shown that you have to respect it. Um, And when he goes in, you're going to have to start sliding linebackers over, have a, a DB chase him. Um, and it softens up the middle and softens up things for the running game. So I, um, I'm i interested. I knew Florida's plan against Tennessee was going to be like that keep away. Hey, we're going to have to convert on some third downs. You were just one of nine on third downs last week, but you were fantastic on third down against Tennessee. Is it that same game plan? Like, listen, we need to have some long sustained drives to keep the crowd out of it. Um, can't shoot ourselves in the foot. Uh, by playing five and a half people on special teams, by having legal procedures and, and mm-hmm. holding penalties, especially on key downs. Um, to me, it seems like, listen, Florida had that plan for Tennessee and Graham Mertz and the offense executed it perfectly. And it, it, if you can do that, if you can come out, like, if you make a field goal, Florida comes out and scores first on Tennessee, that was like a 14-play drive, eight and a half minutes to start the game. Right. Florida wins the toss, takes the ball, and does that. Like The crowd's out of the game. Mm-hmm. right away. Um, and, and I really like Florida's defense. Um, Devin Leary's shown that he will turn the ball over. They've had a bunch of drops from their receivers. Um, I, I think it'll be a, a really another another great test for Austin Armstrong. Listen, you're in the SEC now. There's going to be a bunch of great tests for you um, as a defensive coordinator. But I'm less bullish. I think all offseason I said Florida would beat Tennessee and lose to Kentucky. Um, but Devin Leary is, has not played – He's not mm-hmm. playing terrible, but he's turning the ball over. Um, they also haven't played anyone. Like, I don't know what Kentucky right. is. They, they paid for three opponents and then played Vanderbilt. Right. Um, yeah. And they have Georgia next week. Paid for him. I like that. Paid for three opponents.
1: Yeah, yeah. Paid for paid for three wins. Um, they, the Kentucky defense again, taking talent into consideration, their top two players on defense are their cornerbacks. Uh, Maxwell Harrison and Andrew Phillips are their top-ranked guys on Pro Football Focus. Uh, Maxwell Harrison has three interceptions to this season, uh, four PBUs. Uh Andrew Phillips has two PBUs, no interceptions, uh, not allowing a ton, both averaging just 50% uh of the targets uh, against them uh harrison's only allowed 100 yards in the season and phillips just 86 so again you take talent into consideration those are still going to be uh probably two of the better dbs that the gators play at least so far this season um so you're going to want to see what what florida is able to do on the offensive side of the ball uh but uh you know i think that this is a winnable game i think kentucky and their record being four zero, i think there's a reason that they're not ranked at that four 0 um uh mark but you know the 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 Team that the Gators need to be is the team that they were against Tennessee and have that energy and I think that you're going to see a lot more out of ETN this game and I just I want to see them be creative I want to see them you know score and get those opportunities and especially when you get down uh into the red zone the Gators really need to be able to convert uh in this game against Kentucky as you continue to prepare for that that SEC gauntlet that they have ahead of them because they don't have any other games but SEC until they get to FSU so uh this is you know the Gators' opportunity to really start you know hitting on all uh, all cylinders there already. Um, so as we get into the game against, um, uh, against Kentucky, we'll do a little buy or sell action here. uh But uh, any final thoughts before we get into this game? Protect Graham Mertz. Yep.
0: All yeah. Right. I, I, I like that. Protect Graham Mertz. I feel good about, uh my defense and, and Leary. Like mm-hmm. I like his his fifty nine percent completion. His is is you know, he, he has that itch to turn over turn the ball over and throw interceptions. Uh he's risky with you know, he made a big play this last well, one of these games where he's getting sacked and, you know, seems like a heady play or whatever, but it's, it's turnover risky. Austin Armstrong is a mad scientist, man. So yeah. I'm ready to see what he's got designed, like how he attacks this offense, how he attacks Devin Leary, Mm -hmm. how they prepare for the Tennessee game and the pace. And just hearing that, that backstory of how all that worked out, makes me sleep a little bit better at night about like this, this matchup. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game. I think we're suited to win this game, um, but it's going to come down to us, you know, being, we we're young, bro. The talent's there, Mm -hmm. but it's a road matchup. Like, and Mm -hmm. going on the road is noon. So I just need these boys to be fired up, dog. I know the defense is gonna be fired up. Offense needs to execute, and I'm just ready to see Austin Armstrong's game plan. How he he attacks a quarterback that's not very accurate. We've seen it already. Uh, Milton wasn't accurate. Um, more of an explosive play kind of guy. So I, I just want to see this approach, bro. It could it could get. Very interesting, but
1: yeah, want to see the Gators cause some turnovers. Uh, mentioned Kentucky it. Kentucky has eight turnovers, four or uh, five through the air, three on the ground. They lost another. Are they uh, had another fumble that they were able to recover? But uh, well, the Gators, I think, uh, are still one of the lowest when it comes to to overall uh, turnovers this entire season. So, want to see Florida uh, capitalize. Negative three. Some, yeah, negative, negative three right now. margin on the year. Yeah, so uh,
2: huge key is going to be the offensive line. I think not only just keeping Graham Mertz up, but um, just creating running lanes. Um, I have no questions about the offense. Like I, I'm excited to watch Florida's offense. Or, excuse me, defense. Mm-hmm. Um, excited to watch Florida's defense, like on a week in, week out basis. Now, um, big thing to watch all week is Kingsley. Uh, can he practice Monday, Tuesday? Uh, will he be on the injury report Wednesday? or Will he be on the depth chart Wednesday? I um, think that's a big key. Um, also, right tackle, what are you doing? Damian George, Lindell Hudson, you know, uh, mm-hmm. w- what's what's the moves that you're going to make on the offensive line? I just have big questions on the offensive line, which is where everything starts on offense. No worries about defense. I think, mm-hmm. I think Austin Armstrong will have them ready. Um, you're, you're, you are you got to be like licking your chops at, at a quarterback who's just been turning the ball over uh, if you're Austin Armstrong.
1: Yeah. All right, guys, let's get into buy or sell. Then we'll get into the prediction part of the show. Uh, Buy or sell the Gators win the turnover margin.
0: I'm buying it. We haven't turned it over a lot. We just we're not getting our defense needs to be a little bit more opportunistic and get and get me some turnovers. But uh, I don't I don't foresee Graham doing. A lot of interceptions, or us, uh, uh, us getting the fumbling bug out of out, out of you know, out of the thin air. So I'm gonna say we win that one. Then we win the turnover battle on the road.
2: What is lost four, gained one. Devin Moore's you know backyard playing 500 with Joe Milton. Um,
0: <laughs> we got Joe Milton Jr. up now, so you know
2: Yeah, unless I, I was gonna have... say I was gonna say he's probably younger than Joe Milton, but I think they're like the same age. Dude's been in college for a while. Um, I'll sell. So I think it might be a push.
1: Yeah, Uh, I think push is is probably good, but I'm gonna say the Gators buy. Um, You know that that's a lot of turnovers. (laughs) Eight turnovers. A lost um i think the gators do that uh you know would love to see us not have any and the gators get one or two uh haven't seen a lot of turnover prone football this season um it's not like florida has been lucky and had you know tennessee or other teams drop a lot of passes florida just hasn't put them themselves in a position to have a lot of turnovers so uh, i think the gators win that one uh
2: Forest, Kentucky Bur- forced, forced 8 4 and 4 four fumbles four interceptions i'm looking at it now um But also like there's there has to be something said for Florida played what now is a top ten team in Utah and at the time a top eleven team top twenty five team while Kentucky has these eight turnovers against like I said paper view opponents in Vanderbilt
0: yep
1: yep this will Um, be
2: the best defense that they said they have seen by a Kentucky
1: yeah yeah yeah. Um, Let's see.
0: Um, pressure, the, pressure, pressure, buzz, pipes. Double A. We got to get some double A shirts going on, like double A batteries. Austin Armstrong, get it. A battery. We got to get some shit. Yeah, like I going. got it. Yeah. yeah. And, and also Scoobs, man. He had a, a request on Twitter. People start saying
1: Scoobs
0: when he makes a play. Just for Yeah,
1: I know he's asking Jeremiah Moon how they got him chant Moon. So um, let's see. Uh, by Graham Mertz has more passing yards than Devin Leary. Bye.
2: Hmm. That was a quick trigger.
0: No, that was pretty fast for you. It's a quick trigger. Hmm. I think they gonna be playing catch up. So let me get, I'm, I'm going to sell it. I think okay. they're going to be playing from behind and got to throw the ball a lot and we won't have to. We'll be possessing it, vibing and sitting on that Billy Napier two possession lead in the second half.
2: I think so. if they keep Graham Mertz upright, Kentucky plays this like umbrella, just try and keep things in front of them, and and you might see Graham throw thirty-five
1: times, forty times. I hope not. Not that I don't trust him, but that I just don't want that to hey, be our not a recipe. Not
0: a recipe for a win, man.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to. I'm, happy. I'm going to sell. I like silks analysis there. Nick, you didn't yeah. have any. You just bought. So you didn't you didn't. I was I was I was in between <laughs> no, thought, so.
0: no thought on Nick. Sir.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nick just bought. So uh that's positive Nick vibes uh coming for you. Uh buy or sell, there is at least one play where the Gators don't have eleven players on the field. <laughs> Bye.
0: I'm buying it.
2: Uh, it's ever, It's been. I think it's been every game. I'm a positive has, guy. Been, right. I'm, gotta
0: I'm you gotta Listen, buy it. We're gonna ask
1: this question every it, week until we all it, lose. If, if it I don't buy them,
0: definitely sunshine pumping because we we've seen could, ten it, every game.
2: It could be worse. What Notre Dame sent ten out on the last two defensive plays against Ohio State. I saw a college football Reddit. You know, remember that? So it was like. Um, Lord, I saw 22 sets of footprints on defense all night long except for the last two plays I only saw 20. Was that you holding us? And the Lord said, "No, your defense coordinator forgot to send out another guy."
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. That's great comedy right there, bro.
2: Fantastic.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's a good account to follow. They got they got some good gems each week. Uh so I think we're all going to buy that one. Uh and then finally uh the Gators allow um Let me get the exact number here. Well, pull it up. Um, All right, here we go. Kentucky scored 28 points or more uh, in every game this season. Buy or sell that they will get 28 points or more.
0: Hell no. No, sell it. Sell it. Y'all playing. Y'all don't ever try my defense coordinator like that. Put some respect on Austin Armstrong's name, man.
1: 28
0: points no they, they
1: scored 44, 28, 35, and 45.
2: Uh, so I'm buying it. So they'll score less or am I selling it? You're, you're
1: buying that they will score um, 28 points or less. Yes.
2: Buying that. I think that's how I, the I write lines.
1: these down. These are, these are all off the dome. So I could have put you both in a predicament. Who knows? Um, yeah. And ben I, Chase no, isn't keeping track anymore. So No.
0: We got I think more he wanted to job. buy. He wanted to buy.
1: 28 or more points that Kentucky being, being when points.
0: They got a real job.
1: So sell, sell, sell. Okay. Sell. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, let's sell. get into uh the prediction part of uh the show here. Gentlemen, I need score, I need a winner. Uh right now, I last saw it, Kentucky was three point favorites, so can you said two, so somewhere around there, over under, I believe, was forty-six, um, 46 and a half or so. Uh, let's get some score predictions.
0: Uh, give me twenty four seventeen Gators. Twenty four seventeen.
2: Mm. I like. I want to pick Florida. I picked Florida in every game this year, though. After saying that they're like a six six, they're going to win six or seven games. I picked yeah. them in four straight weeks. Um, I'm just going to go with what I went with all all off season. Uh, I'm going to go with Kentucky, and I'll say twenty to seventeen. Twenty to
1: seventeen. Okay. I'm gonna go 24 to 16. Gators win. 16 is an odd score, but you
0: know, I get it. I get college it. Kickers, a lot, you know? lot, lot of field goals. Yeah, a lot yeah, of, field, lot of goals. field
1: goals. You've got Brad it, you've White got it. versus Austin Armstrong, Chris Sorley 17-14, Jeremiah Carpenter 35 to 14. Ooh. A lot of Gator fans feel confident about this one. So um, Lexington is in. Eastern time zone. Eastern time zone. Yeah, uh, I will, so I will hope so. say
0: what? I will hope so, unless they move the state.
1: <laughs> well, I think part of Kentucky is in the the Central time zone. Is it? Yeah. Oh, teach me
0: something, so.
2: bro.
1: Um, and then so that is a twelve kick. Nick, you're going to Lexington for the first time, or Zach's first time?
2: Zach's first time. Yeah, I've been there. It's the- um it's a cool little stadium. They've got a really cool, I I like to see Florida do something like it. um, Like recruit area that they host them in. So like right now, Florida kind of has to like move recruits through Mm -hmm. like weird service areas of the stadium. Uh, Kentucky, the first year I went up there was when they just finished it. And it's like this whole like lounge, they've got PS fives and couches and foods catered. And it's a nice little stadium. It's small. I think it's like 61,000. um, but they get loud, like you said. This is their Super Bowl. Probably a good thing that's at noon. I think the last two times I've been there uh, were either night games or like four o'clock, three thirty starts.
1: We got a couple others. Uh DK 42 to 24. That's a lot of points. Uh CJ Dorsey, we beat UK last year without AR's mistakes. Uh UF 28, Kentucky 13. And then Jeff Doherty from the top rope, 72 to 6 Gators. Mm. Very similar to the Miami Dolphins. Very I think, similar. I think. I yeah. think. I think
0: Jeff, Jeff's just, just came home from a long bid. He don't know Kentucky's not the old Kentucky. So I, I get that 72-6 <laughs> score. <six goal.
2: laughs> Jeff just came home from a bid.
0: <laughs> he just came home from a scratch. They
2: they, they're good. They got a good 14.
1: defense, man. Yeah, Kentucky does have a good defense. Um you know, we'll see. This will be the first like real opponent, uh, but uh, but yeah, Kentucky is is a better team than they have been in the past. And then James Ferguson will end on this one. UF by a million. I like that. Is
0: energy. that is that is that your car in that profile picture? Put that back up, James. Is that your car? Yeah, I James believe James. Show,
1: that's your car. Uh As we wrap up show today. Uh, Nick, I think you have song of the week. So start thinking a little bit about well, that.
0: Tell you um, one thing before we get out of here. Yeah. Kamari Wilson. What'd you guys think? Thought about uh, that? He came on the sidelines in a very, uh, weird situation for me personally. He didn't, didn't scratch with the team. Uh, I got my opinions on, on what I think could be happening here, but what do you guys think is going on with Kamari Wilson right now?
2: Um, I think he thought he was going to win the starting job and has played 20 snaps. Um, think he wasn't on the travel roster probably in part because he hasn't handled not being the starter and not playing well. Um, And I don't mean this to talk down on him. If I was 19 years old and I thought I was going to be a starter and then all of a sudden some dude comes in from West Orange High School uh, and now I'm playing special teams, I probably have a bad attitude about it too. Hmm. Um, But if you're not on the travel roster, even if it's a home game, you can only take, I think, 80 guys to the hotel with you and on the bus We see guys all the time. Like You know what time. Hey, Gator walks at 440. Game is at 7. Gator walks at 440. You should be in the locker room at 440, not at frat row or at your apartment or with mom and dad or anywhere else. You should be at the stadium. And even though you're not playing, you're with your team. So don't walk into the stadium or on the field in the second quarter um, and start trying to chop it up. Like, No, no, you were supposed to be here two hours ago.
1: Yeah. You missed the bus just because we're in town. You still missed the bus. Uh, I, I think that he's likely a, a transfer candidate for next season. Um, you know, for I, sure. I, think that, I think that Florida has some, some great talent, uh, young guys. Um, he might be upset. Maybe, maybe his best position in college, uh, isn't safety. Uh, and maybe there's been some talk about where that best position for you might be. And, and maybe he's not in favor of that. So, um, I, I think yeah. it was odd to come out in the second quarter. Uh, I think it's odd to, to it's miss, uh, especially, especially if you think that you didn't earn that spot onto the 80, then certainly showing up that way is not, uh, going to earn you any good graces either. Right. Um, get there early, work hard. Um, even if you're not tasked to be there, figure out what you need to do to, to put yourself in good graces, but doing that's not going to, not going to win friends or influence people.
2: I get it, man. They're like, it's your life and you probably feel like you're being screwed over and, and you feel like you, that's going to draw some attention and maybe change something. Um, you're young. Like you probably, I probably would have thought that way yep. too, but like, that's not pouting, um, not showing up or then showing up in the middle of the game, mm-hmm. um, not gonna help your cause,
0: man. Billy did what he's supposed to do, man handle business. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, we can see Kamara Wilson is about to transfer. I'm pretty sure he's communicated to the staff that he's not happy about whatever it may be. He ain't the only guy that expected to come in and play and not playing. Like, you had RJ mm-hmm. Moten guys that was at Michigan that thought they were Mitchell. coming in here. Mm-hmm. I was I was getting him to him next but you got guys that a good you know mindset you know and a part of the culture that you want at this program that aren't getting the minutes that they thought they were gonna get in and these guys are trying to go pro like next year right yeah you just can't have bad culture and bad vibes like that in your locker room you know you're fighting to for a whole season it's a journey Kamari Wilson doing that was just, you know, a bad sign. I'm glad that Billy cleaned, cleaned it up right there on the spot. You don't have to wait till after the game. You're like, no, nah, get off my sideline. If you plan on transferring or whatever, mm-hmm. you're not bringing good energy to the program, we got to keep it clean when it, when it pertains to that, man. Keep the culture going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm with it. We'll see what happens. But I think the writing's on the wall with Kamari Wilson uh, on a lot of different fronts.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that, that five-star um that you have it don't win. matter disappears once you that enroll on campus and now you have yeah. to earn your spot and you know billy has obviously shown that he's going to play the, the best players and that can be true freshmen. Uh, and if you've got past, there's an opportunity for you to earn playing time and they're standing right there on the practice field with you go out and beat those guys and uh and, and show up and, and stay dedicated and if you're not then that's fine but don't try to affect the team after that
0: You made it about him yep He's trying to make it about him. It's always been about
2: him, but still a good pull was still the first kid from IMG class at, uh, you know, uh, uh, it was, it was sinking um, when they started asking people to go outside and do some cone drills in in grandma's backyard. Um, So like held the class together, broke the IMG curse. Um, But yeah, I don't, unless he, had, like, a come-to-Jesus meeting and, and like, realized, like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going about this all wrong. Unless that has happened since Saturday, uh, I think the writing's on the wall, like you said. So.
0: What was Saban do? Satan? Saban, Saban. not Satan.
2: Oh, oh I, whoa, I, thought, I thought you were, I mean, like, same I thought, thing, same thing. I thought, <laughs> I thought you were flipping, like, the come-to-Jesus meeting. Uh,
1: He's gonna, uh, no, like, drop a uh, Kamari like, nut listen, on the field, man, all right? What, Billy like,
2: gave Brenton Cox, like, chance after chance after chance last year and it wasn't until he like freaked out in the locker room after the georgia loss that it was just like yo man like strike 13 you, you gotta go so like billy's yeah. not going to like give up and on that, guys like this you're gonna give that game. grace
0: that grace is dependent on can, are you actually contributing to the team yeah. at all right, right. brent cox was you know selfish some selfish play on the field but he was talented in making plays mm-hmm. You know, if you're not making no plays and you decide to just scroll into the stadium with your own little car and you just walking through the building like it's IBM or you are working at some like regular company, Now like, you can't walk in at the second quarter, man. saving big dog coaches, hardball, uh, Curry, smart, they ain't dealing with nothing like that, bro. So I'm glad he cleaned up the mess, man. Whoever on the sidelines told him that he got to go, that was the right move.
2: Shout out to Ed Thompson, Edgar. Ed Thompson, uh, <laughs> fast Ed, fast no Gar. Oh, fast Ed, sorry, Ed no um, Gar.
1: Now, is Kamari Wilson confirmed gone? No. Um I think there was some flirting last year during the transfer portal time too. Uh which You had again, that
0: fourth game, right? That's the tricky game, right? Where you can like still register and not use your burn your eligibility and all of that you stuff. Can, Am you I can correct?
2: play. In, you can play in five, four regular season ones. The bowl game does not count against the eligibility requirements or uh, limitations anymore. But yes, it's four. Uh <laughs> you can play no, you, you
1: can play you can't play in four. Uh, Once you hit your comment. fourth game. Once you hit your fourth yeah. game, you're uh so you can play up to – you can play through three and then the bowl game. Yeah.
0: CJ Dorsey said do CJ do Dorsey said Mullen would have gave him a hug on the sidelines.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> him and Miss Mullen <laughs> would have yeah, both him gave him a hug. Paul.
1: Um, Silk, uh, James Ferguson has an update for you. That is his car. He wanted to let you know that he also worked in Pahokee at Sago Palm.
0: Yeah. If you work there, you definitely work with, uh, you definitely guarded my cousins and definitely worked with some of my cousins. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Just keeping it real, man.
1: Yeah. Keeping it, <laughs> keeping it Keep in it in a bean. That's what we do on, on the podcast. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Nick, you have song of the week and then Mullen <laughs> would have had him ex captive next week. <laughs> that's
2: um, fact the tony right there
1: <laughs> Factoroni the tony nick what do you got song of the week bud
2: um i think there's a new colby cooper song that just came out let me get the name of that there is. While you
1: ago. while you find that this is a good reminder that again tomorrow we'll be in gainesville um, afternoon, we'll be at at social at midtown around three o'clock with the Gator Nation Football Podcast. Go support all of our sponsors: Fango, Alumni Hall, uh, Homefield Apparel, and then of course Gatorverse.io. Uh, go buy the Trevor Etn card uh, while you are there as well. Make sure you like before you leave today. Hit the subscribe button, turn notifications on, share. of that. that that helps us on uh, on YouTube as well.
0: And we dropping some gas this week, man. I'm excited to pull up in time with you boys. We finna be vlogging, put this pretty face on some 4K, kick some game with some some statty guys, some some nerd talk, man. I'm excited to get my nerd ball in, bro.
2: I love it. Nick, bring, Kobe bring my hat. Kobe Cooper, the song is called
1: Hello from the Road. Hello hey, from the road.
0: Who's going to compete hair wise with these guys? Somebody from our crew no, got to. No, I can't. No, no, I no, can't I can't Like I got to I like
1: I gotta bring a hat. I mean, look at this Whoever story.
2: negotiated the meeting needed to negotiate a hat clause. This is. I mean. Yeah, yeah if should, there's no should, hat should clause. Be. I
1: might. I you know, might bring All audio. I'm gonna
0: have a great yeah. beard day, but somebody got to match the hair vibes from them boys. You know, the hair is was a big thing on 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 the Twitter wave. So
2: Nick's gonna show up in like a marshmallow helmet. <laughs>
1: You be marshmallow, I'll be dead mouse. Um <laughs> there we go. All right, all right, boys. Uh same corner, same time. Tomorrow in Gainesville. What do you say?
0: Uh,
2: wearing a ski mask tomorrow.
0: Don't meet me, don't meet me there, beat me
1: there, baby. Yeah, yeah. Get, get one from Chauncey Gardner Johnson. He's got some ski masks uh, that he wasn't able to use against the uh, I was the Seahawks, whatever it was. All right, boys, same corner, same time tomorrow. Thanks everybody for listening. We will see you soon.
3: And the crowd was on fire just got back from the bar Cause somebody took a ride Cause sometimes I hate it Baby, how different our lives are. So everybody's drunk And I'm a little high I wish that I could tell you That I'm feeling alright But I just feel alone I wish I was at home Guess I got Go. Hello from the road Hello from the road I guess California's cool. I hate to tell you that I like it Cause I know you'd like it too Can't believe that morning Full of shit I get to see Feels like I should be happy But between you and me I feel feeling Wish I was at home. Guess I. home.